Welcome to the Digging Deep ATVMX Podcast with your host, hailing from Kakana, Wisconsin, riding a CST Tires SSI decals traveling back Yamaha YFC 450R, four-time ATV Motocross National Champion, number 25. Cody Jensen. To sit here and recount that and hear those stories about, you know, from the, the LT 250R to the 250R to the, you know, the hybrid quads to the early days of the production quads to the new Yamaha and all that stuff all the way up till now and Suzuki and everything else. Like it is, it is unreal to, uh, to hear like how you touched so many different eras and so many aspects of legendary parts of this, uh, sport. It's just amazing. So, like I said, you couldn't tell the history of this sport without you. And what's up everybody. We're back. I'm your host, Cody Jansen. Welcome to episode 66 of the digging deep ATV MX podcast presented by our title sponsor, CST tires available for purchase and in stock today at shop.csttires.com. We have part two of our epic, highly anticipated conversation with Corey Ellis on deck for you tonight. Our previous episode focused on Corey's story up until the release of Yamaha's new YFZ450 in 2003. So if you didn't hear all that incredible ATV racing history included in part one, go back and catch that now. But that's where we will start with part two tonight. Corey Ellis pioneering ATV racing into the future one final time by debuting the new YFZ that was unlike anything the industry had seen up until that point. Let's quickly say thank you to all of our incredible partners. CST Tires, go to shop.csttires.com today. Yamaha, thanks to Blue Crew. Thanks to Valvoline, SSI decals, DID Racing Chain, Namira Technologies, Bronco ATV and UTV components, Impact Solutions. Launderville Steel Enterprises and Concrete Supply, Forworks Carbon, DP Brakes, Gripped Gloves, Factory 43, Bike Strikes and Quads LLC, and Manscaped. Get 20% off and free shipping with code DIGGINGDEEP20 at manscaped.com. Their clippers rock, their nose hair trimmer is amazing, and the new Lawnmower 4.0 electric trimmer is next level. It's no longer a secret that Manscaped is my go-to to keeping a perfect beard. The Lawnmower 4.0's light guard and array of adjustments makes it the perfect package. I've been absolutely loving this thing, and you will too. So check out Manscaped. I wish I would have sooner. Get 20% off with free shipping by using code DIGGINGDEEP20 at manscaped.com. Support all these great companies that support us, and for any products that fall through the cracks, click that Rocky Mountain ATVMC banner on our website to help us out. As we transition into the off season, we both know you need parts and gear. No matter what off-road gear parts you need, Rocky Mountain ATVMC has you covered. But before you buy, simply click that Rocky Mountain ATVMC banner on our website, and by accessing Rocky Mountain from our specific link, you get your gear and parts needs met, while we get a percentage of what you buy on the back end. This is such an easy and convenient way to help us out. So click that Rocky Mountain ATVMC banner at diggingdeepatvmx.com to help us out while satisfying all your gear and parts needs this offseason. We can't thank you enough for that. No new donors to shout out this week since part one with Corey Ellis, but if you're interested in donating and hearing your name right here on the show, you can find the Patreon and Buy Me a Coffee donation links on our website if you're, in fact, interested in donating to support our efforts, and we can't thank you enough for that. Now, the 30-second board is up, it's sideways, and the gate is down. Time to dig deep. 
Let's go with Coriolis Part 2 on the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast brought to you by Yamaha and their podium-proven YFZ450R. Enjoy. So we're jumping back in with Coriolis here, and where we left off um, was kind of the the early stages of the Yamaha. We heard about how the YFZ450 kind of came about, how you got yours, and then, you know, in very short order, uh, you end up bringing this thing to high point. I think that was, I think that would have been like round eight of the 2003 season. Uh, this, that season had been in crazy flux for you with the Z 400 and then you're on a hybrid and, uh, now you're on the, the YFZ 450. Um, but yeah, like that, you were the talk of the racetrack that weekend with that YFZ 450, um, that had to be a, a pretty cool experience to show up with that thing and kind of be the, you were the very first guy racing that thing. Yeah, no, that was, it was definitely awesome. Like we, the, we had so many people in our pits that weekend. It was crazy. Just everybody wanted to come over and just look at it and, you know, see what it was. Cause it was, it was, you know, the Cannondale definitely, you know, was something different, but it kind of, it kind of trickled out here and there. And you kind of heard rumblings about it a little bit. It wasn't kind of to have the hype. Sure. And then the Z400 was kind of a trail bike. So people, you know, in, in even like the, you know, 400EX, it was, nothing crazy, but this was such a big advancement, especially for the racing guys that, and it came on so quick, you know, it went from, you know, every kind of thought someone was coming all of a sudden as announced. And then oh, we're going to, you know, you can get one in a dealer in like a week, you know, it was like, it was out there. And so people were like putting in orders and like, I'm going to, you know, come and look at it. Okay. This thing's awesome. I'm going to order one, you know, yeah. leave them in the track. So it was, it was definitely, it was definitely huge at that event for sure. I mean, it was the talk of the race. Everybody came over, looked at it, you know, um, unfortunately it rained pretty bad for, cause that was, I think we were running pro pro production on Saturday pro on Sunday at that time. Yeah. And Saturday, Saturday it rained and it was pretty muddy. Um, okay. I think Doug or Timmy won. I know I got third, but those two finished in front of me, but like that was, I mean, I'd never ridden that bike with those parts on it didn't know shock setup, anything just went out and just jumped on it and rode it. Right. And at that time, the high point they had that, I think it, I don't know if it was a double or triple kind of by the start. Yeah. Right behind the start kind of. Yeah. Yeah. That triple um, by the start. Yeah. Yeah. And I was not the one off to the side, but it was kind of behind it. To, sure. Yep. Like, you know, I can still picture going, it. Going, yeah. It was going up, up the hill towards the, towards the pro pit area yep. or I haven't been there for a while, but towards the yeah, pro pit area. But yeah. That, that, that triple, a lot of people will probably be able to envision it because not the triple next to the start, but the other one, I mean, that was there for a number. I mean, that was there for 10 years after that or whatever. Yeah. So. And, um, on Saturday it was muddy and I, I, and I was the only one jumping it and I bent the axle on that thing so bad. I just, I was like, I can't pull off. Like, everybody's out here watching me ride this thing right like, yeah but i was the only one jumping it but i kept kind of casing it and bent the axle on it. I just, I just rode the thing you know and okay and i'm getting a third on it which was pretty respectable and then and then like go back to the hybrid um i had that thing we de-stroked it and the next day it was beautiful the track dried out and was awesome and i think i didn't like i went like a two one or a three one or something and end up winning on the hybrid yep and then i, I remember the yamaha guys calling me like you won on the other bike. How come you couldn't win on our bike? You know, <laughs> Dude, like the thing was like, 
I I had zero time on it. I rode it right. in practice and then went and raced it in the mud. Like the thing was basically you know, a prototype. I mean, I know it was in production, <laughs> but uh, there was no parts developed for it. You were ba- basically being baptized by fire. Like um, like that was not a not a fair comparison. I knew you won on Sunday. You were always good at at high point. I feel like. Yeah, the you know the track back then was really off a lot of off cambers, and I felt like. You know, my, my riding it at, at uh, Glen Helen a lot, you know, the hills, you know, charging down the hills, charging up the hills. Sure. Off, yeah. cam- off, cam- off cameras, I felt like provide a lot of passing, you know, and I think I felt like my weight also being a little bigger guy, I could weight the bike a little heavier for the off camera. So I had a little bit of an advantage, I think, too, there. Sure. Um, so I just really flowed really good with the track, you know, with that from, geez, 06, 07, I just like around 06, 96, 97, like when I just, I felt like I flowed really good there, rode really good there. I could always make passes there. Mm-hmm. And it's just a real good track for me for my riding style at, you know, at that time. Yeah. I felt um, like you always brought your best there. And so, so you can finish that, how that conversation went with Yamaha. Cause I would assume you being the, the first guy on the Yamaha, um, I would assume that that had something to do with the, the Yamaha affiliation that came, you know, in the, in the years that followed. Yeah, you know, I mean, I think going to the, the press release and then being that first person on that really, really, because um, back then they didn't have, um, they didn't have a rate, like a racing division, like mm-hmm. covered for the ATV racing. It was more marketing. Sure. So, sure. so all the marketing guys were there. I got to know the marketing guys real well, you know, in the early years of that bike. And the whole marketing team, you know, Mike, Steve, and um, Travis, you know, and even the testing guys, Pat and stuff, like, they, they've, I still deal with them to this day with, with stuff we're doing with, with sure. GVC and things. And yeah, so I still deal with all those guys. So it really had a really good foundation relationship with those guys being that first guy and meeting them at those events or at that event. <clears throat> um, so that, that definitely helped, helped, I think, down the road, you know, going going further when you know when i did get a ride with them and the things that that definitely that relationship definitely was a good good strong foundation to build on yeah yeah uh, totally makes sense yeah. i mean you were you were the day one guy yeah but but like when you're getting back to the high point deal like i always felt like i always started doing good at high point too and because back then like there wasn't like like you see joel and you know joel and 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 chad and these guys now they all throughout the winter they're riding they're training they're mountain biking bicycling all this stuff back then we kind of it was like winter like we don't ride it's winter you might hit a race or two if you can or across if you're back east or california have some races but it wasn't like serious in the winter it's like that's our time off like right right kind of relax chill out a little bit so it was i always felt like too like my year i always started off the beginning of the season pretty bad shape and by the time my point rolled around, I was finally getting in my groove, you know, kind of, all right, I'm in good, I'm in better shape now. I'm going to ride the whole moto and stuff. So sure. Yeah. You know, that was kind of before we really got serious about stepping up and training to that, at that point. Well, and that was, that was about, I mean, that was the era where they talk about it in two wheeled stuff too, where they were, I mean, Ricky Carmichael comes in and, you know, redefines what it's like to be a motocross athlete prior to that. They were all the same way. You know, they weren't, nobody was yeah. out there focusing on their fitness in the off season. Like that wasn't a thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that had a lot to do with it, you know, but, and also that, that year high point, like I was getting, like I was saying about that, that hybrid, I ended up winning on that thing. And 
I was like, thank God we de-stroked this thing because we finished the race. And they're like, okay, we're tearing you down. And I'm just like, tear me down. This is great. I just got, and the other thing was. Thank I'm, God. Like, thank, thank God you did it before yeah. high point. And, and the funniest thing too was like, I, like I'm just kind of like Joe. I was, you know, I'm a heavier guy. I never got like great starts, but for some reason at that race at high point, I pulled a huge, I, I was, there's a picture of, I think in a magazine somewhere too. I pulled a huge hole shot in one of the motos okay. on that bike. I mean, by like, like by like two or three bikes, it was ridiculous. Like I never got good starts. Paul I yanked this big start, you know, and when the race, like we're tearing you down and I'm like, he must I'm be like, cheap. Sweet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, sweet, tear me down. And they, they, I remember, I remember, I can't remember who it was that looked at our head, but they pulled that head off and it's just seeing the look on their face. They're like, this thing's not imported. I'm like, nope. <laughs> like it's a stock cam. I'm like, yep. <laughs> this is like bone stock. Like I had to be an O2 CRF 450. Sure. Yep. Bone stock sure. with a D-stroke kit. And they're just like, okay, yep. You're legal. <laughs> like, oh my how gosh. Do you do that? <laughs> so, you know, and everybody has all these built hybrids and stuff. And then I'm like, I just uh -huh. threw together uh -huh. some stock. So that was, that was cool to win that race on, on that bike. That was, you know, it was a hybrid bike, but it was a bone stock motor. You know? Well, well, plus, I mean, yes, like that's obviously awesome. Um, it was just, you know, when it's your day, it's your day, but it's also like yeah. pretty special that earlier in the season, you're struggling your ass off because you're on a Z 400, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So. I, I'm, I'm, I can remember, you know, Rod Lapuznak from Suzuki. That was, you know, one of the guys real instrumental in, yeah. you know, all the Suzuki, all the Suzuki race team and success and stuff that really pushed for ATV racing. I remember him calling me. I think after, after the London or after the, the, that event where I first rode the hybrid and he's like, okay, he's like, he's like, Hey, what's it going to take for you for you to stay on that Suzuki? And I'm like, I'm not, <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I look back at it now and I, I, and I, and I hear, you know, after, after the whole deal, I hear, you know, Timmy's getting paid to win races and podiums and stuff. And Doug is too. And I'm like, I'm like, dude, if I'd have known that I would have asked for some money or something, <laughs> yeah. you know, but yeah, you would have stuck with it. Like, I was still burning on that bike. I was like, I'm not, you're just, I'm like, I'm getting off this thing as quick as I can. You know, figure I said, Hey, you're going to make some extra money. You know, cause I was finished on the podium with those guys. Yeah. You know, in that pro production class, I would be like, okay, I'll stay on it. But I was like, no, I'm not, I'm off that thing. Like, get me away from the Suzuki. And I think the rock kind of took it as like, what? Like, they didn't even, he didn't even ask for money. He just told me no. <laughs> no. Oh my gosh. You know, but Ron, Ron and I eventually became pretty good pretty decent friends and stuff, you know, with all Suzuki stuff in the future. But sure. at the time I was like, no, I'm not riding that thing. Get me off this thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure, especially knowing what happens at Suzuki in the years that follow, I'm yeah. sure maybe you were thinking you would have done, wanted to do something differently, but yeah. I don't, I don't blame you with where the Z400 was at that time. When we were talking about the Z400, I was going to tell you that it wasn't that long ago that I saw a Z400 in the shop. And I thought to myself, I cannot believe that those guys were, you know, trying to race those things. And then obviously, oh, yeah. you know, the, the factory Suzuki effort gets them to the point where they were a ticking time bomb, but they worked, you know, they'd work for a moto yeah. or two. And, uh, that, that's amazing that they even got them to that point, man. I, you know, those guys, you know, Cox and Henson and everybody that was on that program and even Doug riding, riding that thing. I got to give them props. I mean, that thing, they got that bike to work. I mean, yeah, like you said, it's a ticking time bomb, but those guys put in so much effort to make that thing work as good as it did. It, it was, it was really amazing to see, like, I, I can't believe they, I mean, after riding one, I just can't believe they, 
get it, could get it to do what it did. But like yeah. you said, it, it was it was every moto. I think they were putting a motor in that thing. Just yeah, that's what. Yep, yeah, that's what Doug told us was every moto yeah. they were putting them in. But when you look at the when you look at them, I mean, like you said, it's a trail bike. So to think that yeah. they did what they did and Doug wins, you know, whatever it was that season, seven or eight races, a record at the time. Like it's yeah. amazing. I think he won seven in a row or, and then like nine overall or something, whatever it was, what, what he did on that thing. And I guess that would have been the next season. Oh, four. Um, yeah. that was just uh, crazy. Like really it's crazy that they got to that level with that machine. Yeah. And then, but so we went to high point, you know, that was the first race for that Yamaha. And then we go to Loretta's that year after that, which was like, I think two weeks or three weeks after that. And by then, by then, I think the pro production field was like half or 75% Yamaha's. Okay. Like oh yeah. Everybody, like, like everybody pretty much had one by then. Right. And, and I, and I had that bike and I started riding that thing like crazy between those two races getting used to it and getting it set up. And I went to Loretta's and I, I can't remember how my moto finishes were, but I remember I dominated pretty good. And usually Loretta's I didn't do very well. Okay. Loretta's was kind of a weak point for me okay. because of the heat and humidity, but Oh, sure. That, yeah. yeah. That's next level that, humidity for a, uh, for a West coast guy like you. Yeah. But that year, that year Loretta's I was, I was rolling on that thing and just, and just, I think I worked everybody pretty good on that bike. That's awesome. You know, and, and which, which, you know, then I think we went to Southwick after that, I think. And I think I got like a third or fourth of Southwick in the pro production, maybe. Okay. Um, but Southwick was, if you're, I don't know if you're a Southwick, that was Southwick. You go out there and like, oh, we're going to race Southwick. Oh, it's a national track. I'm pumped to be here. You got in practice. All oh, this place is awesome. You know, it's just sand. It's smooth. It's fast. And then by the time the second motor rolls around, you're like, you think you're, you think your back is broken and <laughs> you can't go around there and it's, it's the worst track ever. And you're like, yeah. I'm never coming back here. And, so, yeah, uh, it, a lot of our listeners, um, because, you know, obviously people from, from that time, you know, remember Southwick were there as obviously as part of the ATV nationals, how does it compare to like Etchikani? Because more of our listeners will know Etchikani than, <clears throat> than Southwick. So Etchikani to me, Etchikani was like, the lower half was sand whoops and the upper half was kind of clay yeah. and hard pack. Yep. Southwick was like the bottom half of Echikani, but worse. The whole thing. And everywhere. <laughs> the whole yeah. thing. Yeah. The whole thing. <laughs> like there was nowhere to by the time the even first motor rolled around, second motor, forget it. There was nowhere to rest. There was not a spot to rest. It was just it's like going to Redbud in the sand whoops the whole entire track. Yeah. The whole track. Oh my gosh. Nonstop. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like those, that one roller section, just imagine going around if that was like that all the way around Redbud the whole way, that's what it was. Well, yeah. Cause like you watch the dirt bike national and you know, it gets rough, like it gets rough compared to the beginning of the day. Uh, and that has nothing on what an ATV does to a sand track. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's you you hope for death it'd be easier (laughs) yeah yeah that's what i said second second moto was death um but yeah that's that's uh that's crazy so the the yamaha thing was obviously gaining momentum at that point and then was there like did you pick up some uh i don't know would you call it a factory rider how did that work for 04 because then you know you were obviously exclusive on the yamaha for 04 so so the alba deal like we had the Cannondales. It was kind of like they gave me bikes. Then the yep. next year was Suzuki's, you know, and they gave me bikes and did motors. 
Okay. And then, so, so you know, this whole Alba deal is kind of building along with, you know, the Yamaha stuff. So they, so then, so for 04, Yamaha decided, okay, we're going to have a factory team, which, you know, Yamaha doesn't, they, it's factory support, I would call yeah. it, not a factory team. You know, they, they give, you know, even, even Chad, you know, they, they give Chad bikes, they pay him a little bit. Um, they give him parts or, you know, whatever his deal is, but they don't have a rig for him. It's not, it's not a full blown factory. Well, even, even on, the, deal. even on the dirt bike side, star racing's privately owned, you know? Yeah. That's just how Yamaha yeah, goes. I, yeah. But I mean, you know, so, I mean, because it was a factory support deal that, you know, everybody kind of wanted cause it was the first thing and Yamaha announced, oh yeah, we're gonna have a factory, a factory team. And I think it was Shane and Jeremiah the first year. Okay. Four. Okay. Pretty sure, you know. So I was a I was a little bummed out that that I that I didn't kind of get that call. Yeah, you know, um, and rightfully so. But, you were you were day one, and you were you know you're winning the races the year before. So yeah, you know. So I was a little I was a little bummed out, but you know, Jeremiah. I think Jeremiah won the championship that that year that year. So I think they might have wanted the number one guy, and okay. Shane was the t, you know Shane was kind of the TT guy, even though they weren't. You know, he was still running TT at the time. I think. And, you know, he was doing okay in the moto stuff, but he was like kind of CT champion. So I think that's kind of why they went after those two. Okay. Um, and then I, but I had, the, I had an Alba deal, you know, which Corey decided, you know, Hey, this is, you know, we're selling bikes. We can sell these parts on it. He kind of saw the potential for it. And it was like, you know, kind of like, I think, I think they still gave us maybe some parts or discount on parts um, through the shop, but basically it was, Corey had the bikes. I brought in some sponsors. He brought in some sponsors and they built the bikes. And his whole deal was like, let's, uh, let's chase this a little harder and develop our Alba racing side of stuff. And we'll do motor pack. Cause they were starting to do motor packages too. So they got, you know, one of the mechanics over there, Rob Vector, um, which is still a close friend of mine. Okay. He, he started building motors, you know, and figuring out the motor packages and they kind of started this whole racing side of the stuff, you know, and they I think they sponsored Tracy Checo or Pickens yep. um, that year too. And I think maybe Borch on a Honda back then too. Okay. Um, so they had a couple of riders here and there that they were starting to sponsor and some guys racing West coast stuff too. And some Baja stuff like Wayne Matlock and some things. So they kind of had this whole racing program that they were starting to do. And then that, you know, and then also the Honda was going to come out as well too. Sure. So they, they had this whole, you know, kind of like you can buy a bike from us and we'll put these parts on it. We'll do the motor for you and you can just buy the whole thing. So it was kind of this whole program that they were trying to promote and build. And that I kind of fell right along with that as being a promotional, you know, asset to that whole program. Yeah. So, so we did Yamaha's, um, you know, Yamaha gave us a little bit of support through there, but it wasn't a factory deal. So that's, if you see Oh five stuff, I'm, you know, it's kind of a little, I don't know if we were a little bitter in a way, but we're like, okay, we're going to, you know, the Yamahas are, their whole Yamaha program is blue. We're going to run white with blue. So that's gotcha. why we ran the white, gotcha. the white and blue that year. So we kind of, kind of, kind of did that, you know, but we weren't like mad. It was just kind of like, yeah, you know, we got our kind of our own program, but it was going to make it a little different, you know? Yeah. So that that's, and then, so Corey, you know, Corey decided, okay, we'll have Rob do the motors and we're going to send Rob along to the races with you to help, wrench on the bikes and you know make sure the motor's running good and also kind of got a little more of a little more of a factory feel package deal you know and really promote this deal so you know and then 
at that time, end of the year, you know, they, you know, um, ATD motocross side there. Okay. We're going to have the first race, you know, with all the industry people in California, we're going to have and quad cross by then grown so big, you know, they were getting three, 400 riders that we're going to have the first national in Glen Helen industries out there. Quad cross is big. We can pull from those people. If the people don't want to travel for the amateurs, um, you know, they announced all that and then it was going to be pro production only, you know, there are no more hybrids. So it was like, you know, we're here it's, we're production bikes now. Let's go, let's, let's, you know, go for this full tilt, you know, basically. Yeah. This is music to your ears at this yeah. point. And, and yeah. we're going to Glen Helen, which is yeah. obviously exactly where you want the opener to be. <laughs> yeah. You know, Oh, four Glen Helen. By then I've been in California, um, six, seven years, basically riding Glen Helen two days a week, almost the whole entire year. Cause he's, it doesn't, rain it doesn't snow the weather's not bad right so i'm practicing all the time you know on thursdays and saturdays just about every weekend you know that i have a chance i'm like this is awesome so you know they announced that race and basically we we started testing bikes and like crazy and um i rode i mean and all of our testing was at glen helen you know mm-hmm. we we're just there constantly and right came out that came out that first race and uh pretty much checked out that first mo- got the whole shot and checked out on everybody. The first moto the second moto, I think I got the whole shot again. Um, Doug came up on that Z 400 passed me. I passed him right back. And then I was racing with him. I'm like, I don't know why I'm, I'm racing with him. He got like third or fourth, the first moto. I'm, I got this thing locked up. I'm not anything stupid. And okay. You know, just roll basically kind of rode around second end up winning that, winning that first round that year, you know, going points lead into round two. Oh, that's awesome. That has to be, yeah. when you think back on, uh, you know, some of the highlights of your career, that has to be one of the most memorable. I would think just being like, it was a home ish race for you, obviously yeah. being a California guy at this point, just to come out at the beginning of the year, you know, and you're not on the Yamaha team, the factory team, whatever like that, just all of that coming together. That had to be such a special day. Yeah, no, it was, it was awesome. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's, I didn't, I didn't win a lot of races. Um, you know, I won a few, but it's one of those things that, you know, when you're on, you're on, you, you know, when you're on, you know, it's just everything clicks, you know, you're out there and you just, you have it that day. You feel it, you know, and everything's flowing. It's just, yeah. You know, and it's, 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 it was one of those days that just every, from the time you get up to the time you go to bed, it's just a, a great day and everything just happens just, just right. You know, and it was one of those really memorable days that, that happened. Well, especially you know, like sure. when you talk about spending the whole winter, uh, you know, prepping for this thing, you, every lap that you're probably out there spinning these practice laps and testing and everything else you're envisioning like this national and then to actually have it come to fruition like that had to be again like that's what a person dreams of really as an athlete we'll get right back to the show but now a word from our sponsors and thank you for listening to these ads without these great companies none of this would be possible show your support for the people who support us Welcome to the team, two-time champ Joel Hetrick, who dropped the biggest news of the offseason when he announced his move to CST Tires. The CST takeover has been gaining momentum over the past several seasons, and now Joel Hetrick and his Phoenix Racing teammate Jeffrey Rastrelli are the most recent additions. The Pulse MXR tire has helped lead riders like Thomas Brown to race wins in three consecutive Quad Cross of Nations titles, Nick Janusa to the Pro Class podium, myself Cody Jansen as I rode my Pulse MXR fronts and white label soft comp on rears to back-to-back national championships in the Junior 25 Plus class, and the most recent additions have us thinking a Pro Class national 
national championship is on the horizon for CST tires. The Pulse MXR tire, available in soft and standard compounds, offers the highest level of traction, most predictable cornering, and superior wear characteristics when compared to the competition. Visit shop.csttires.com to join the CST takeover today, or prepare to be beat by someone who did. Joel Hatrick, Jeffrey Rastrelli, Nick Janusa, myself, and so many others are believers in CST Tires. Are you? CST Tires, where passion meets the ground. You already know we're Team Blue Crew here at the Digging Deep ATV MX podcast. Whether it's second all-time winningest, seven-time and reigning ATV MX Pro Class National Champion Chad Wienan, or six-time and current XC1 Pro ATV GNCC National Champion Walker Fowler, it's clear the podium-proven Yamaha YFC 450R is the winning choice of sport ATVs. This unprecedented success for the YFC 450R, its unrivaled quality and performance, and the undeniable fact that Yamaha is the leading OEM supporter of ATV racing has created a Yamaha takeover within the sport quad market. Better yet, Yamaha's Blue Crew Racer Support Program is back and even stronger for 2021, meaning Yamaha riders are about to cash in on higher payouts and more prize opportunities, including a chance to win a brand new YFZ450R. For more info, head over to YamahaBlueCrew.com, follow them on social media at Yamaha Outdoors, and check out Yamaha's full proven off-road lineup at YamahaOutdoors.com today. For over 150 years, Valvoline has led the charge by being dedicated to constant improvement and innovation across all disciplines of racing. Valvoline has sponsored some of the greatest names in motorsports, and for the better part of a decade, I've been fortunate enough to be part of the historically great Team Valvoline. From my commuting vehicles to small engines, race quads, and everything in between, I trust nothing but Valvoline in all of my equipment. I've experienced increased function and durability as well as a longer life expectancy thanks to Valvoline's array of products and lubricants. Since 1866, Valvoline has been focused on bettering your experience, whether on road, on track, and everywhere in between. Upgrade to Valvoline today and check them out at valvoline.com. SSI decals is a name synonymous with ATV racing, synonymous with big time success, and absolutely synonymous with the best looking decals around. An offshoot of their parent company that was established in 1947, SSI first took shape from owner Ian Harris's passion for ATVs. With what started as just making numbers and decals for riders like Chad Wienan, the company quickly took off, and today you couldn't imagine ATV motocross without SSI decals. The graphics maker and designer now supports all the top teams in ATV motocross, as well as teams and riders racing GNCC, Work Series, Pro Motocross and Supercross, Canadian Pro Motocross, Short Course Off-Road Trucks, UTVs, Snowcross, and, oh yeah, six-time NHRA World Champion Clay Milliken. No project is too big or too small for SSI decals, making your identity stick with championship-level graphics. Head over to SSIDecals.com today and then maybe call the doctor because things are about to get sick. The Digging Deep ATV MX podcast is brought to you in part by DID in their range of championship-winning chains. Powered by technology, DID chains are designed to give you the greatest strength-to-weight ratio, making them the optimal chain for racing and giving you a championship-level edge. 
DID has been driving championship winning race programs since 1933, chosen by champions such as Chad Wienan, Joel Hetrick, and myself, Cody Jansen. Champion above the rest is DID's 520 ATV2 chain, with those same design principles and materials being used throughout their entire line of products, including their on-road category as well. Pick up a DID chain today at your local dealer or reputable online e-tailer. DID, what drives you? We are proud to be partnered with Numira Technologies. Since 2001, Numira has led the charge in the ATV and side-by-side -side market, covering more applications than anyone else in the industry. Numira's advanced piston technology uses a NASA-exclusive aluminum alloy that helps to reduce expansion rates, that allows for tighter tolerances, and leads to higher overall engine performance for your machine. For more information about Numira's wide offerings of pistons, rings, gaskets, and industry-leading top-end repair kits, visit your local dealer or online at www.numira.com. Numira Technologies, pistons with an attitude. We are pleased to be partnered with Bronco ATV and UTV Components, Bronco has been an industry leader in replacement hard parts and accessories for all makes and models for over 15 years. With a catalog that includes a full line of electrical components, engine internals like rods and cylinders, all the way down to suspension parts and bearing kits, Bronco is your hard part source for whatever you need for whatever you ride. Available exclusively through distributors around the world. Visit your local dealer or online at broncoatv.com. 4Works Carbon's innovative, lightweight products include top-notch seat covers, carbon fiber, and plastic hoods, gas tank covers, exhaust shields, shock guards, and much more. Whether you have an ATV, UTV, or snowmobile, 4Works has the goodies that will improve your ride and make you salivate. We trust 4Works for increased function and a sexier look, and you should too. 4Works Carbon, always working hard to bring high-quality and innovative parts to the market. Check them out today at fwcarbon.com. I'm going to throw this out there, not, not a jab at John, but okay. uh, Wes Miller had that fall before, right before that race, Wes Miller put on, dirt Wes riot. Miller put on dirt riot race. First one, all he has like a bunch of bands playing and, you know, it's in this like little stock car center track of this thing. And he pulls these big jumps and whoops and all this stuff. And that time I'm riding like crazy. And we go to this dirt right thing and, and John's there and Dana and all these people. And, you know, I get this Yamaha and I'm riding this thing and I'm, and I get out there and I just start waxing everybody on this thing and I'm pulling away and, you know, and I, and there's like two laps to go or three laps to go. And you know, remember the Yamaha had the key, like right where your knee was at. Yeah. I bumped that thing and turn it off like with a lap or two to go. And I oh, stopped. Shit. I'm like, Oh man, the thing died. And I'm like, dang it. What the hell? And it's like five grand to win or something, you know? And I'm all, dang it, dang it. And I finally realized the keys off. And by then John passes me and I think Dana or somebody passes me. And I get the thing fired up and I, I get second at it, you know, and John wins this one off race. And I'm, oh. I was like, I was so, so pissed. <laughs> so, pissed. so yeah, and that was only like a week or two before that national. So I think on that national, I also had a lot of aggression gotcha. going. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted that five grand. Yeah. So didn't, yeah. wasn't, I thought I read, uh, did that prompt, Yamaha moving the key that have anything to do with that? I don't know if it did or not, but I know I complained about it to him quite a bit about that. Okay. I was like, you just lost me five grand. Right. Know? Yeah. Yeah. So at least, it, so then, then at least what I read was that you were, you know, one of the reasons for that getting moved. So whether, whether it was or not that key got moved. Yeah. To have it right in front of your knee probably wasn't the greatest place for that thing. Yeah. So after that, we, we relocated it too. Gotcha. Last yeah. 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 Rightfully so. 
Um, but yeah, that was, uh, that was a big deal. I remember that dirt riot race being a big deal back then. Yeah. Yeah. That was, you know, and you know, John, John, like John won some, won some of those. I, I feel like John won some of those big one-off races. I, I think I, I feel like I won a few things too. They, I know Pellin had that rock and race and ATV thing in Kentucky one year. I won yep. that. And, you know, there's been some other things, but I, I know, I feel like John won a few, John won a few of those things. And I was like, or I always seem like I did, I felt like I did good at the one-off stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, that great, that great outdoor games. I think I got fourth, but I sure, I think I, something happened. I was way back and passed my way up, but. Okay. Yeah. I don't know why, don't know why but one-off races were always kind of my forte. I felt like. Dude, yeah. Dude, dude. Yeah. So we did, we covered that with John. I mean, I straight up told him, I'm like, yeah, like, I feel like you were a gamer that stepped up to the plate when, you know, at those one-off races like that. Um, and yeah, like, I think that, you know, I'm glad you're giving yourself some credit because you said you, you know, you've won a few races. Uh, yeah, you won some races. You were always like literally always in the mix though. Like that's what stands out to me too, for, for, you know, a decade plus, like you were just always right there. And, uh, and I feel like that's something, you know, there's something to be said about that too. Um, so that was the beginning of the Yamaha thing and, uh, or being on a Yamaha, but not factory, but then you did end up being a factory rider in the years that followed, right. Or at least there was at least one year there you were. Yeah. So the, and in the, the end of that Oh four season, we did, we did okay, but we had, I mean, definitely some learning curves that year. We had, we had a few mechanicals that year that just were just, you know, learning the bike basically. I was going to say you brand know. new bike. It's a brand new bike yeah. at that point. Yeah. Yeah. And so we, you know, had a few learning things, but end of the year, um, yeah, I did get a Yamaha support deal. So that's what you see in Oh four Oh five, you know, we were running the running blue plastic and, had the graphics and the autograph stock and all that stuff, you know, through Yamaha. Okay. So, so, you know, Oh four Oh five were Yamaha years, but it was still, but we still, it was still through Alba, you know, um, they felt like that was a good promotion. Um, Cause they're, like I said, you know, even with like Chad, it's like, Hey, here's bikes, here's parts, here's money, you know, um, but it's kind of your own deal, you know? So you yep. got to stay through Alba, you know, Corey, it was a good thing for Corey and, you know, to help build his business and promote his business too. So it, it worked out for everybody. You know, Corey offered a lot of support for me. Um, you know, he, he was, you know, monetarily parts, anything like that, that we needed. It was pretty much covered. You know, I, I wasn't, I wasn't making, I wasn't making money where I was stacking money and retiring. I was paying my bills for sure. sure. You know, and, that, and, and I think, you know, Oh, six, the last year, Oh, six. So I did, we did Oh five, Oh six. We just, we never, we did good, but never great. And we kind of were always changing parts. Um, like like that bike in 04, I had PEPs and Metalcraft suspension. Okay. And then 05, Corey's like, ah, you know, we're going to do Epic stuff and Elka shocks, you know, and, and then in 06, it, that all changed. And we ran Olin shocks and Lager oh, stuff, sure. you know, so every year we were just, we never had a something we stuck with. So that was kind of a hard deal um and then rob that was you know that was my that was my mechanic in 0405 that was building motors you know he was he the guy was man he was putting his heart and soul into it and and working late nights and bio so six came around i think he was a little burnt out bikes were running really good everything you know we we really kind of were trying to find a package bikes always ran really good 0405 and then he, he got a little burnout and he and he found another job at a different dealer 
Okay. You know, they paid a little yeah. more money and he was going to be home more and it kind of was his deal. So 06, we started all over with motor and 06, I really felt like myself, that was kind of when I really came into my training program and like 06 was probably the best in shape I'd ever, had ever been. Okay. And, you know, so that was six, I was ready to go, but with that new engine package program, we were just way far behind everybody else. I mean, I remember going to WPSA, was it, um, one in Jersey at English town. Oh yeah. Yeah. They had, they had, sure. they had that big uphill, that big uphill jump tabletop double, thing. Double, double thing. Yeah. And I couldn't even, I was everything I had to get on top of that thing or over it. Like my bike was, struggling to oh say the boy. least yeah oh so boy. The, whole, the whole year i was in good shape but i was just the bike wasn't there like i just beat myself up like stuff i like where i kind of felt like as i always excelled on jumping stuff i was struggling to get over things and it was everything i had to, to do when i was out there doing uh, that's <laughs> so, that's a shame too because that yeah. was that was your last full season right yeah yeah so i mean 06 was a was a tough tough year i mean for me just I was putting in 110% effort, but I felt like I was only showing 75. I mean, it was, it was a hard, hard, hard year. And that's disheartening. That, that's disheartening when you're putting all that in and feeling like you're not getting the results that you deserve, you know? Yeah. You know and I mean? It, it was, I mean, and it, it's, I felt bad for sponsors and, you know, Corey was spending a lot of money on it and, and, and our program and, you know, everybody was putting in a ton of effort, but you know, it just wasn't, it wasn't showing, which was, it was a real shame, you know? Yeah. Um, and then that year, so into that year, that was when Yamaha went from um, the support coming from, from basically the PR department, uh, market, or sorry, sorry, the marketing department yep. to having, having a basically uh, someone doing it for the racing side of things. So it came in and everything, basically the way they structured everything changed, you know, and they, and they got, I think Travis was, Travis, I think Pat were road for him in 07 then, I think. Okay. I think it was Travis and Pat. Yep. So they, you know, so they kind of switched. I mean, every year it's like people kind of were with them for a year or two and then they'd switch and a year or two and they'd switch. So nobody was there really long far as riders. Right. You know, in a couple of years, kind of like they were trying to find that guy or find those or find someone that was a, you know, fit the package. But it was, it was a tough deal because, you know, they'd, you know, here's bikes, here's parts, here's a little bit of money, go out and win, you know, it's like, okay, you know, and then at the time, all sense Suzuki comes in, right, money, you know, and, and Joe and these guys have Honda who comes in and dumps a bunch of money into their programs. And right. So you're kind of feeling apples to oranges. Like you're not giving me all the tools I need here. Yeah. You know, but I mean, you make do with what you got and you, Mm -hmm. you do the best you can, you know I mean? Yeah. But yeah. So end of 06, man, I was, I was burnt. Like I remember leaving, Bill, the Bill Balances race was the last race that year. Yep. And, and I remember just struggling so bad there. And I was so frustrated. We packed up, we packed up. And when we pulled out of there, I, th- I can't remember if we left the easy ups or left the banners or something. We just, <laughs> I just packed up and I'm like, I don't even, I'm like, I'm like, somebody will take them home as a souvenir. I don't even want to pack them up. I just want to go home. <laughs> like I just, I'm over this year. I just want to go home, regroup figure out what's going on for next year, come back with something better. You know, I mean, when I, when I pulled out of there in 06, I was burnt, but I, I never kind of, I, I never thought when I pulled out of there that that was going to be my last full year. Like right. I never, 
never dawned on me. I was, to me, I was going to go back, figure it out and come back next year stronger or, or you know, fix one, try to fix what I needed to on my program. You know, that's, that was, that was my thinking when I pulled out of there. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Cause that was what I was going to ask is, did you know it was the end? And obviously you're saying it wasn't, which is a shame because um, yeah, it kind of does probably feel like you got the, the rug ripped out from underneath you. Yeah. You know, I, I got home and, you know, kind of tried to start regrouping. And like I said, Yamaha kind of changed their, their whole program and decided to go, you know, go a different direction with a couple other people. And at the same time, I think, you know, it was end of 06, beginning of 07, you know, um, I think Corey was already starting to feel because his dealership, he built a brand new building, went really big on it, you know, tons of employees, you know, spent lots of money on the programs. He was dealing not only mine, but other ones. Um, and I think he was one of the first people that I kind of got the feeling from that, you know, even though the recession kind of hadn't hit yet, he, I think it was already starting to affect him. And, and, you know, we kind of talked in the year and he just was like, man, you know, the returns starting to drop off on all the stuff I'm seeing on sales. And, you know, last year, Oh five was really good. And then the six year, it's just second half's like, it's getting real light, you know? And he's like, I just can't, I can't commit to what I did the year before just because I don't, I'm not, the returns going down and I, I don't, you know, and start, I'm not kind of feeling that it's building still, you know, even though Suzuki's coming out with a new bike and things like that, he's like, it's just, it's not feeling like it's there. Right. Yeah. It wasn't so, him. It wasn't him wanting to leave you out in the cold. It was just that the numbers didn't add up. Yeah. You know, so it was, you know, and, and, and I, and with this Yamaha deal going away and Suzuki coming on board, you know, and that, that, that 06 season, or was it, yeah, 06, they had the LTRs, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. The first year. So that was the first, you year, know, yeah. and then I was like, well, maybe it's, you know, there's another bike out there. That's a good bike to start with. And maybe that's, maybe that's a better direction and try something different to freshen up my program maybe. And so yep. I wasn't real sure what I was, what I was going to do or going to find. And, go back to good old Pellin. Pellin has a magazine bike again, you know? Okay. He's got a Suzuki. He's got a Suzuki, you know? And I don't remember how, why it was in California, but somehow it ended up in my house. <laughs> and I'm like, and I went and wrote, you know, and kind of a funny deal. Like I, I had a, my Yamaha contract was till the end, till the end of December in 06. And I got a call and the Cowies, I don't think the Cowies weren't out yet. I got a call from, someone over at Cowie about, Hey, do you want to go film a Cowie commercial? I'm like, film a Cowie commercial. I'm like what on? Oh, it's a new bike. I'm like, okay. I'm like that. I was kind of thinking maybe, maybe this might be a good way to go. Mm -hmm. Yep. So I got, I got flown to Canada to shoot the Cowie commercial for the, for the new, for the new KFX. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. So, so yeah. So I, other than probably testing department, I was probably one of the first people to ride a Cowie. Went up there and filmed a commercial right after my Yamaha contract ended. Okay. And after I, and after I rode that, I was like, that nah, that's not the way to go. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> well, that was good. That was good. You got the first opportunity to be like, okay, check that off. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, I don't think I think that Suzuki's a better start, especially if I don't have a full full tilt deal. You know, if I'm going to try to do something on my own again. Right. So I got Pellin's bike and I started riding that thing and rode that thing for about a month or so. And about that time I was, I was trying to find some help and really couldn't find, I mean, 
you know, you know how much, you know how hard it is to go to the races living back east and trying to imagine trying to do it. Oh, I can't imagine. Oh, I've been sitting here no. thinking this whole time. I have no idea. I mean, yeah, because it's a it's a huge undertaking to be from Wisconsin and be you know far from a lot of the race, far quote unquote from a lot of the races. Yeah, you coming from the West Coast and having to go thousands and thousands of miles to get to the closest one. Uh, yeah, that's that that would be a recipe for disaster for most people. Yeah, and and that last and in '06, and I was paying for all my all my own fuel in '06. Okay. And when I turned in all my stuff to my accountant, she she called me and she goes, "Is this right for your fuel expense?" She says, "I don't want to get I don't want you to get audited. Is this right?" And I'm like, "Why?" She's like, "You spent 30 like $2,000 on fuel." Oh my god. In 06. God. And I was like, "What?" <laughs> I mean, I just, you know, I wasn't making a ton of money. I'm just paying bills as they come in and running right. my credit card up and yeah, yeah. Know, not paying attention and Mm-hmm. Same receipts for my accountant. Hey, some, like, sometimes it's easier not to look. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm not adding up in my head. You know, and she goes, yeah, you spent like just over $30,000 on fuel last year. Oh, you know, when gosh. she told me that, and I was, she told me that, and I'm like, oh, my God, it's, you know, and at this time I'm selling all my all my old race bikes from 06 to pay bills and things. I'm like, I'm like I can't. I started kind of doing rough math, and I'm like, I can't build a bike, go back, race, this you know on because this is i mean i had a job this is oh six last time i had a job was oh two so i was four years you know yeah. or being you know two so i was four years without a job just living off racing you know, race money yeah yeah you know from, from california you know Jeez. and i had i kind of had nothing to show for it other than just having a couple of bikes that you know from yamaha they were given to me you know yep. that I, I built with parts you know yeah and paying my bills so i was like i gotta my I'm like, I got to pay bills next month. Like I got to find a job. Okay. <laughs> and so, you know, go back to Wayne Henson, you know, you know, Wayne, Wayne's done a lot for me throughout my career here and there. I call Wayne and I'm like, Hey Wayne, like, do you know of anybody that's hiring and like that I can get a job? Like I need to make some money. And like, I got to figure something out. Like I don't, you know, I, I don't have a trade, you know, I, other than racing. So I got to figure out a job for something. He goes, mm-hmm. you know, him, you know, Brant Russell was a real big part of that Yoshimura deal. You know, he was all about the ATV racing over at Yosh and okay. part of that Suzuki deal. And he goes, well, let me call Brant over at Yosh and, you know, because they're all into the ATVs right now and maybe they got something for you. So I went and met with Brant and, and Wayne at lunch one day and, you know, Brant, Brant was like, yeah, I think I might have something for you. So Brant went back, talked to Don Sakura that's in, that was the president of Yosh, you know, Yosh America. And, uh, and Brant basically found found slash made a spot for me at Yosh as a brand manager. Oh wow! You know, so he's like, "Yeah, help us develop some parts." You know, we're doing we're doing LTR team, you know, doing Suzuki team there because Yosh ran the Suzuki team, Suzuki yep. team. Yep. Um, you know, and he was like, "We have to develop some parts and some things, and you can, you know, help develop some parts for Yosh." You know, and uh, you know, kind of be our brand manager. We'll send you to the races to make sure that you know, kind of be the Yosh rep at the races for for the team and stuff. And, you know, so that's kind of how that all started, you know, and it was like, all right. And like, he's like, yeah. And you can, you know, he goes, he goes, you're local here. He goes, oh, like, I think Dustin won quad cross, you know, cause I, the problem with quad cross, quad cross is blowing up in California. Like it yep. was getting big. I was putting a bunch of money into it. And, but with my national schedule, I'd miss half the races, 
you know, I, I couldn't go to all, quite all the races and things. So mm-hmm. I'd win a race here, win a race there. Dustin's win the championship. Jeremy Shell's won the championship. But here's me. I haven't been able to race the whole series other than the first four races back in 98 or whatever, <laughs> 99, you know? Yeah. I'd win, I'd win a couple of races here and there, but I can't win the championship because I'm never there. So Brad's like, yeah, why don't you focus on that? Be the brand manager at Yosh. Go to some races, you know, make sure everything's good with Yosh kind of, you know, kind of build that Yosh presence at, at the nationals and things. So I'm like, all right. So all of a sudden I had a job and I'm working over at Yosh, you know, <laughs> kind of got all these like things going on. So I went out and raced and part of my deal. So I have Pelon's bike, Suzuki. So I ended up pulling all the parts off of it that he had on it. And maybe I like some Lone Star stuff on it or something. I pulled all of it off and kind of okay. put together, put together a somewhat factory bike, but not factory bike, but you know, some shocks and some things on it. And I raced quad cross that year and um, went to the, so that was 2007. First race I think was Alabama. Yeah. ATB national. Yep. Yeah. It was Alabama. So I went there as a Yosh employee to Alabama to watch. Okay. You know, he's like, and Brant's like, yeah, you know, right. You you know, when we come to Glen Helen, you can ride Glen Helen. You know, you got Glen Helen. It's, Glen Helen, you know, we'll, yeah. we'll make sure, we'll make sure you can ride that one. Okay. All right. So I go to Alabama and I, I, I remember like yesterday, Cox and I, Ryan Cox and I are standing there at the whoops behind the starting line watching oh. practice. Oh, I know where this is going. And here comes Chad, Chad, yep. just because Chad, Chad the year before, like in 06, he was hanging around that him and Alan White, my mechanic that year, were like really good friends. And Chad was always hanging out. Okay. Over at our over our trailer and stuff, you know, hanging out and just shooting the shit and you know, being Chad. Yep. So here comes Chad, comes blown by through these whoops and Chad's forty pounds or whatever lighter, you know. Yep. And just on the gas and Ryan and I look at each other and just like, oh my god, that kid is going so fast. Like we were just like, wow. Yeah, and for a refresher for the listener here. Uh, Chad was a top 10 guy the year before, except that Walnut, that Walnut, he was gnarly. And then he was just top 10 guy. Yeah. He had that one, it was Oh six. He podiumed at sunset Ridge and, but at every other race, because that was his home track at every other race, he was just hanging around the top 10 and he goes, goes home and, you know, basically rebuilds himself and comes out at the beginning of Oh seven and he's next level. Chad comes out, you know, and. Ryan, I mean, Ryan, I just remember looking at Ryan and we're just like, wow, like, look at that guy. Like, it was like a total different guy. Like, he's way leaner and he's going, I mean, he was fast before, but he was like next level all of a sudden, like out of the blue. It was like, yeah, yeah. I mean, right, right from the get go in practice. And we're like, oh my gosh, you know? Mm -hmm. And so that was, that was crazy. I think there was, I can't remember if we went to one other race before. Yeah, he raced, he'd raced. Yeah, there was at least two before Glen Helen. I just can't remember. Yeah. I know Maybe Alabama Texas. was the one. Maybe it was I, Texas. Yeah, it might have been. And I, I can't remember what happened in Texas, but I, I think he broke both of those races. I think at Chicani. At Chicani, I think might have been Chikani. before uh, Glen Helen. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I think he broke. But I mean, yeah. he was fast, but he was having he had he had some issues, you know. And yes. Then, yep. So, and I think, I think if I'm I think the, yeah, that was 07. Yeah. So 07, the first race for Suzuki that year. So 
Jeremiah got hurt. Dustin got the Dustin got the ride. So that was their first race, Dustin and Doug. And it was a huge, huge mess because end of 05, Dustin, or end of 06, Dustin signed his Red Bull deal. Oh, yeah. So Dustin's a, Dustin's a Red Bull rider. And get, then, he, then he signs the Suzuki deal, which is a rock star team. Right. Yeah. So we got, so they got Dustin with a Red Bull helmet under the rock star Suzuki team. <laughs> right. So this is like, it's just, this brewing storm of a mess <laughs> and they go to the first race and something happened with the mapping on the bike. I can't remember what it was. Okay. I think it's a rev limiter got turned up, but where the motor wasn't set for it. But anyways, Doug and Dustin both popped a motor like within like feet of each other. Oh my gosh. So there was like panic and they turn they turn the they turn the ECUs down or they remap the bikes and they were trying to figure out if it was an ECU ECU issue or a motor issue. So I think like you said, they went we went to another race. I don't remember how it went. Um, but going to Glen Helen, um, I their brands like, yeah, you're you're riding, you know, you're riding, you can ride Glen Helen. I'm like, sweet, you know, I'm gonna ride Glen Helen. So I show up at Glen Helen. Yep. And they still don't aren't still a hundred percent sure on the motor deal with blowing those two bikes up right back to back. Like as Dustin and Doug both literally one broke, that one broke, and they were parked nose to tail on the side of the track at, at Alabama. Okay. So we go to Glen Helen and they're like, We're just gonna give you the full package on your motor and we're gonna keep theirs detuned just a little bit just to be on the safe side. And I'm like, sweet, I got something good here, you know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm all, I'm, all, I'm all pumped. Yeah. And uh, so we go out the first moto and I think Chad might've won the first moto or Joe did. I can't remember now, but okay. I, think I got like a second or a third, but I, I beat Dustin, Dustin and Doug. So I'm mm -hmm. out there with the Yosh box, man. I own kind of little deal on the side of their truck, you know, and, you, and you're the, yeah, you're the top Suzuki guy. <laughs> yeah yeah the first moto you know i'm like all right, right. sweet i'm thinking to myself like i'm gonna beat these guys out here and, yeah you know i got a little better motor than them but i'm like ah, i'm gonna still beat the team. All <laughs> right kind of like, ah, you know and i'm just out here having fun basically you know yeah yeah so uh second motor rolls around and i think second turn i got tangled up with somebody and went down oh, and shoot. I was like, dang it but I, I get up and i and i rode the whole moto like like it's one of those races when you get done and you don't think about it and you Next thing you know, the checkered flag's out. And you're like, that's it? I'm like, it's already mm -hmm. over. It's not, you know, it's not, you're not suffering. You're just like, you want more, you know? Yeah. Isn't that funny how that happens when you crash? Like, yeah. or, or something happens and you just, your mind never wanders. Now, now it's just hammered yeah. down the whole time. Yeah. And I, I had a, I remember I had to turn the bike back over, get on and get going. I think I got up to like fourth or fifth or something. Like yeah. Maybe yes. Fifth. Yep. Yeah. And yeah. Cause you got, I, and, you got fifth overall in the day then. Yeah. Yeah, I but I mean, it was like if I would have finished like two spots higher, I would have been on the podium or something, I think, you know, uh, I, was, I, I was pretty bummed on it. But yeah, I remember Chad, Chad freaking schooled everybody till he blew up like okay. it was unreal. And everybody there was talking about it and like, oh, my God, the kid is so fast, you know, and just ignite, like just rode the wheels off the bike and blew the bike up. Sure. And sure. the whole time too at the race, the Rockstar guy shows up at the race and has a complete meltdown complete oh, meltdown boy. just 
screaming the top of his lungs, yelling at yelling at the Suzuki guys, yelling at everybody, just complete meltdown because Dustin's there with this Red Bull helmet on. Mm-hmm. And it's and after the race, it's it's like freaking DEFCON five. Like it's <laughs> people are just like, oh my God, like they're gonna pull their funding from the motocross team. They're pulling all their thing from Suzuki because Dustin's there with the Red Bull helmet. Like it's just like like they're like, we gotta resolve this somehow. And so they find this clause basically in the contract that says that they have to have two two riders under the tent for for Rockstar. Okay. So so they're like, we gotta get another rider. We gotta get another rider. So Rod Rod calls Rod calls me. And they Rod called a lot of people, but he also called called he called me, he called Cox, he called a few people. Okay. You know, and I was like, we need to find another rider. We gotta get someone in a tent. So like we need somebody like now. And it's a no it's a no brainer who you gotta call. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And they're like everybody's like Weenan, call Weenan, dude. He's he he probably would have won a race by now if he wouldn't have broke. You know, yeah. call the guy. He's he's on fire. Like, you know, because by then the season the season's already started, you know. I mean, yeah, I think Cow, yeah. Cowie had their guys, you know, you know, got Timmy and Joe and Natalia on Hondas, you know. So I mean, like kind of like the the good rider, well, I shouldn't say good riders, but the the guys who were possibly can pull off a win pretty quickly, they're you know, good, good fit are they're all accounted for. They're kind of somewhat all accounted for, you know. I mean, yeah, yeah, like, and, you know, and for the listener, I pause for one second, don't uh forget what you're yeah. saying there, but for the listeners it's so hard to describe if you weren't around at that time to think that a guy just came out basically out of nowhere and is like winning level speed in the pro class against how stacked that class was at the time. Like a person who wasn't around then it's really hard to picture what Chad was doing. It, it wasn't even, it almost wasn't even winning level speed. He was like next level. on the next level. I yeah. mean, it was, it was crazy. You know, I mean, you see Chad ride now and you're, and you're kind of used to seeing how he rides, but that at that time it was like, it was so, it was different. Mm-hmm. Like he just, he looked different on the bike. He had more speed. He carried more speed. It was just, he had all these things that he just, that year he really went and worked on and found that whole kind of found that. Right. I think in his riding style. And I think, you know, and not to knock Chad at all. I think he, you know, he was a heavier guy. And he carried that weight for so long, you know, when he was a football player and so strong that when he lost that weight, it was like, it was like he had super strength almost, you know, yeah. he, could muscle, yeah. he could muscle the bike. He could muscle the bike where, where most people couldn't cause they weren't used to carrying that extra weight on them kind of deal. Yeah. You know? And so, I mean, when he got on the bike, he just throw the bike around. He could push the bike down through the whoops. Oh, I mean, you could I just, he just he just rode the bike so much different because he was so strong. Yeah. And I think it was from I think and I think it was and honestly I think it was from carrying that weight that he all, that he lost. Yeah, very well you know? could have been. But the way that he, like you said, throwing the bike down, the way he would scrub, how he was so fluid, yeah. he was so strong, he was so aggressive in the gnarly whoop sections and stuff. Like what he was doing at the time. I mean, like you said, nobody had really seen any of that yet. As the number one podcast in ATV racing, it's only right that we partner with the industry leaders in suspension tuning. Insert Impact Solutions. Impact Solutions is a full-service ATV and side-by-side suspension center specializing in the revalving and service of your motocross and off-road suspension. 
With over 25 years of elite level knowledge, experience, and testing with riders of all ages and ability levels, Casey Greek, Jay Goebel, and the Impact crew strive to exceed the client's expectations for service and setup. Impact Solutions is the official Elka Suspension Service Center of the United States, offering unmatched product knowledge and experience. Whether you're in need of service, parts, warranty, sales, or technical support, Impact Solutions has you covered. Head over to ImpactSolutionsATV.com or give them a call today. We interrupt this program for a special news bulletin. The following message is brought to you by Manscaped.com. The Manscaped engineering team has outdone themselves this time, creating the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, now available for purchase in the U.S. and Canada. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped, an official sponsor of the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast, with this exclusive offer of 20% off and free worldwide shipping with code DIGGINGDEEP20 at Manscaped.com. I'm one of the first people to try the new 4.0 and I am blown away. This thing is next level. What sets this trimmer apart from all the rest? The Lawnmower 4.0 gives you the ability to turn the LED spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shave. It features a new multi-functioning on-off switch with travel lock for those of us who like to travel. And my favorite, the new trimmer allows you to customize your trim with four different guard lengths and upgrade from its predecessor that only featured two. If you're listening, you know that good tools are a must, so wait no more to get the best tools for the job. Get 20% off and free shipping with code DIGGINGDEEP20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com by using code DIGGINGDEEP20. The Digging Deep ATVMX podcast is also sponsored by DP Brakes, a longtime supporter of ATV racing and the world leader in centered brake technology. DP has been dominating the ATV world for decades, supporting the best four-wheeled racers on the planet. 2021's impressive lineup includes Joel Hetrick and Jeffrey Rastrelli of the Phoenix Racing Team, myself, Cody Jansen, and my back-to-back national championships, Baldwin Motorsports, Ford Brothers Racing, Nick Janusa, Wesley Wolf, and many more, including all of the top 14 GNCC Series pros, led by the champ Walker Fowler, Bryson Neal, Cole Richardson, Jared McClure, and Chris Borich. These top riders continue to appreciate the high performance and impressive durability that their DP brakes have to offer, products that ultimately help place them on the top of the podium. Available at www.dp-brakes.com, purchase at your local dealer, or message the show for their contact info today. What are you waiting for? Join the best ATV riders in the world on DP brakes. 15 years into the brand's existence, Factory 43 is back with us and continuing to make huge waves in the ATV world. For the second consecutive season, Factory 43 is the official aluminum parts choice of the Phoenix Racing ATV team, providing their state-of-the-art Evo Nerf bars, MX-style front bumpers, and grab bars for some of the fastest riders on the planet. If you're in the market to upgrade your Nerf bars, bumpers, or grab bars, head over to factory43atv.com to see their full line of products available for all makes and models. Want to be just like Joel Hetrick and Jeffrey Rastrelli riding with Factory 43's industry-leading products? Head over to factory43atv.com today. Yeah, you know, and it kind of came, you know, Dustin was, Dustin was like smooth and, you know, Dustin didn't look fast. I'm kind of like Chad, but Dustin, I don't know, is this, is this a different type of rider from Dustin or even in, in, you know, Doug was kind of more old school and, yes, you know, just is, is this a whole different kind of riding style that you kind of had never seen or you had never seen before at, 
after yeah. ATV races. Yeah, know. like Doug was the Doug's the traditional like old school guy. Wimmer was like the fluid, you know, really smooth guy, and then Chad was just gnarly aggressive. Yeah, yeah. Ch- Chad was the guy that muscled the bike, but didn't didn't like like Jeremiah was. You'd watch Jeremiah ride that that 06 season. You could swear that his throttle stuck. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> like it yeah. was on the rev limiter, bouncing off the berms, bouncing off this. Yeah. I mean, I remember him crashing at at Daniel Boone at WPSA. Okay. I think he got I think he got ran off the track. And I swear to you, he was upside down going off the track and the he was wide open, still sitting on the bike. Like, like, oh like he thought he was going to like land like a monster truck and come out of it and take off. Keep going. It wasn't like, oh, it wasn't like throw the bike and get off it. I remember seeing him. He was, the bike's tumbling, going, starting to go upside down. And he's on it, still sitting on the seat wide open. Oh my and I was just like, oh my God, this guy is on kill. Like he is going for it. And maybe that was like the Suzuki win bonus money or something. I don't know. Right. But that, I mean, that 06, that 06 season, Jeremiah, until he got hurt was he was on next level, but he just had that aggressive, just never lift mentality that yep. just, I mean, he was kind of like a Barsha, you know, back in the day or something, you know? Yeah. Yep. But yeah. But, but when Chad came on, Chad was, Chad was, it was, a, it was a different, it was a different deal, you know? And like we were getting to, I was getting to like, you know, they had to find somebody to fill that spot. And, and the, the, I mean, pretty much it was like Rod came to me, came to Ryan, came to a few people like, we got to fill the spot, you know, but it's going to be, we got to figure, you know, it came to Ryan and it was like, Hey, Ryan, you know, we're, you're doing a ton of motors. Can you do some more motors? And, and Ryan, Ryan is, Ryan's never a guy to back away from Ryan Cox, never a guy to back away from work at all. Right. And he's like, I'll build the motors. And I'm like, well, we need another mechanic. And Ryan's like, I'll just do it. I mean, cause Ryan knew Chad too from the years before a little bit. Yep. And he's like, I'll, he's like, I'll do it. I'll do it. And cause you know, Ryan, I think could see the potential in Chad. You know, and and Ryan just Ryan stepped up, you know, and like I think I think Theo, I can't remember Theo wrenched for him a little bit, but Ryan, you know, Ryan jumped in and started wrenching too, you know. <clears throat> um, but that Suzuki team, that that oh seven year was was pretty cool, you know. And all of a sudden I felt bad for Dustin because Dustin, you know, Dustin won a lot of races, Dustin did really good, but Dustin got the short end of the stick on that deal because Next thing we know, we have the Rockstar tent, Rockstar truck. Everybody's underneath of it, and then here's Dustin, the tent next to it. Off to Dustin the side. Has a, Dustin has a ten by ten easy up on the side <laughs> of a factory truck that he's pitting under. A factory guy under a under a ten by ten tent yeah. over there. You know, and I mean, if Dustin is Dustin is an awesome guy. He's He's different in the way that he's not really outspoken. He's very quiet, very mm-hmm. humble. Yep. Um, and I, I had a laugh when you, when you, his, his interview, I had a, I had a laugh. I listened to it and Dustin, <laughs> Dustin's Dustin. I, I, him and him and uh, Jeff Scharf, it's real good friend of Dustin's. Okay. And Jeff and I became pretty good friends. I met Jeff from Dustin we, we call each other all the time. And I had a call. I called Sharf after that. And I'm like, Sharf, what's up with your boy? He's like, he's like, Oh my God, did you hear that? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> you know, Cause yeah, you, you asked Dustin the question. You're like, Dustin, how, how was it win the championship? It was good. 
Yeah, you know, yeah, that's, that's yeah. Fault, there was, you know? yeah, yeah. I had to do a little prying to get a little more out yeah. of him for sure. But Dustin is Dustin's an awesome guy. He's just super quiet, super humble. Yeah, you know, and and he's not a personality. He's he's there to win races and do his job. And you know, he didn't. He I don't think he wanted the attention. He just he was there because he loved to race quads, and he yep. and that's yep. what he did. And he wanted to go there and win, and he put his heart and soul into it and trained his butt off, and he he won. But man, the poor kid, he'd sat there in that tent all season long. I felt so bad for him. Just like redheaded, if you, you're already a quad guy, you're redheaded stepchild. Now even worse, you're on a factory team, but, but we kind of act like we don't know you, even though you're winning races and everything, but we, you're just kind of over there, you know? Yeah. yeah I felt bad tough. for him that year, you know, and Chad, Chad comes in, you know, and Chad comes in and basically kind of almost basically takes Dustin's spot you know I mean basically yeah and and steals kind of some of the thunder and stuff you know like all the hype and whatever so yeah yeah, I can see that for sure yeah you know and but you know Chad Chad came in and you know Chad I think won won a couple of races that year we uh that year I think it was um shoot Casey Illinois or somewhere um the team sweep the podium which was, oh yeah that was, yeah taylor that was a taylor taylor yeah yep. you know that was a that was an awesome race you know i mean i like at that time i kind of didn't work kind of for the team i was kind of a yosh guy but i was there for that whole thing and i mean that was a awesome awesome deal um yeah if know, i remember Jared. correctly swept the podium and russell shoemaker was either fourth or fifth so it was like yeah. four of the top five yeah yeah you know so i mean th- that that oh that oh that oh seven year was pretty cool. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm trying to think because that was WPSA. Um, I don't remember how anybody even did. It's, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how the points ended up going. Natalia yeah. won the championship. I think Dustin was second. Yeah. You know, but and then, either way, everybody was in the mix. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was. You know, everybody. It was a. I mean, you had you had the Calvi guys out there. You had you know mm-hmm. Timmy and yep and Joe and Natalie and then the fat and then the Suzuki guys. I mean. It was the start, you know, basically the start of the big truck kind of mm-hmm. big truck era is what I kind of call it, you know. Yeah. Yep. You know, and I, and you um, guys and you ended up racing. I'm pretty sure you ended up racing the 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 final WPSA that year, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, normal fashion, like uh, so. I raced, I raced Glen Hill in that year. Yep. Um, and I got fourth or fifth or whatever it was, you know. And then I was riding quad cross, and then um i then they had that imitational race yep so i raced you know i got invited to that so i raced that um pat brown won that thing yep um so i raced that which that was a whole mess in itself because i i went (laughs) you know i i was i was racing but i was also i would say having a lot of fun because it wasn't serious <laughs> okay you know i was you know, i was racing quad cross so i was, I was kind of serious about that but it was more like hey i'm here to have fun and i'm i got a job now it's not my full-time deal and i was doing a little testing for the team you know the quad cross stuff and yeah so on the weekends off and maybe during the weeks i was <laughs> i was enjoy i was enjoying life very much mm-hmm so uh actually that so that that uh that um invitational race i was doing some testing and we had a lot of fun before we got to that (laughs) that, the the day the day before we got to that race and if you can find a picture i actually have a black eye at that picture at at that race oh shoot i I stood up there 
we were bowling. We were bowling. Um, I was bowling with the guys and te- the testing guys, and had a little too much fun and, and slipped and hit my face on the on a table. <laughs> oh my gosh! It wasn't a very good story. Everybody's like, "You're gonna fight?" And I showed up. I'm like, no, no, I uh, had too much fun. And fell. Yeah, fell maybe maybe it would have been maybe it would have been better to say you got in a fight. <laughs> yeah. So I raced that race, which didn't go the best. Um, I had actually had a shock issue and okay stuff of that and then i so then wps wps dad i don't remember if the truck came my truck my bike was still in the truck from going to the invitational i think okay so i was like i'll, I'll ride i'll ride that last wps day race kind of because i don't remember why but anyways i <clears throat> i wasn't ready for that race i showed up and had, had a lot of had a, had a lot of fun hanging out with people in the pits and things like that and okay so I, I rode that race, but I, at that point I was like, I'm, I'm You're checked kinda, out. Yeah. I was, I was there, but I wasn't there kind of deal. Okay. That year. And I was like, I, I, I knew I was pretty much knew I was done full-time racing. So racing. I wasn't, yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't like, Oh yeah, I'm going to go out and win and get a ride or mm-hmm. teams were kind of full. And I, I, I kind of knew it was not yep. the end, but it was the end, you know, it was I the was, beginning of the end. Yeah. Yeah. I just yeah. knew that. I just remembered, uh, in my mind, I still could remember you racing that, uh, I think it was, what was that place called? Pleasure Valley. No, not pleasure Valley. Feel the dreams, feel the dreams. And, uh, I, I remembered you racing there. Um, but so, so that's the end of 07. And then like, at what point, cause you basically take on like the team manager role at some point. So when does that happen? So at the end of the year, you know, um, so, kind of got to back up a little bit. So Wayne Henson, you know, was a big part of the team getting started him and Rod. Okay. They were the, you know, big reason back in the Z 400 stuff of getting that rolling. You know, Wayne came along with Doug when he was doing the hybrid with Tom Carlson, then they got the Z, you know, and then they kind of turned more into a little bit factory team. And then, and then when that started, you know, in 06, Wayne, Wayne was the team manager in 06. And, I don't know, you know, Wayne, Wayne's very, his love of ATV racing is in his blood for sure. Yep. You know, and when, when Jeremiah got hurt, um, that's kind of the first time anything like that happened to anybody really. Um, you know, I mean, I've been racing for a long time and that's kind of the first time that happened to anybody as a pro guy or at the races, you know, we've, we lost some people at, at, have had lost some people at the races, but it was, you know, amateurs and things, but never really a, you know, a Bartosic, um, you know, maybe a few years before that, mm-hmm. but that was like, you know, Jeremiah was top guy and for seeing, seeing, seeing him get hurt, it really affected a lot of people. Yeah. Um, in different ways, you know, it was really, I know it was really hard on Ryan um, cause Ryan was a mechanic and, and I think, I think it kind of affected Wayne a little bit. Um, and Wayne also got really busy with Henson and I think he wanted to take a step back. So for Oh, Oh seven, um, Wayne basically like stepped away from the team manager role and Pat, Pat, that was, um, Pat Alexander, who was been at Suzuki forever, um, pretty much took on that role, but Pat, also had a lot of other roles at Suzuki. Um, and Pat was the team manager in 07, but Pat also couldn't, I felt, not I felt like, but Pat was Pat was going to pull in a lot of different directions with Suzuki. And so Pat 
you know, asked me to do a few things here and there because I was kind of hanging around and kind of not that I was super busy, but Pat was like, hey, can you do this for me or help me with this? So I was kind of helping Pat a little bit with, with a few small things here and there, nothing major. Okay. And so Pat, just at the end of 07, basically was like, dude, I, you know, I think he kind of was like, I'm too busy to, to commit to it. So, you know, like it should be, you know, and, and so they, they needed someone to fill that role. And it wasn't something that I asked for or raised my hand for. Brant Russell, Brant became a real, a real mentor for me. I, okay. I feel like he, he was a big part of, I only was close to Brant for a couple of years, but he was a real big mentor for me for sure. And Brant had this way of doing stuff, you know, I think it was in 07, he called, because he kind of helped out with the team a little bit here and there. He called me in his office one day. He's like, hey, we need a helmet sponsor. We don't have a helmet sponsor for this team. He goes, I got a buddy over at Fulmer, or Fulmer Helmets. Calls, picks, up, picks up the phone, calls the guy at Fulmer Helmets. He, gets, he has the guy on speaker. He gets the guy's voicemail, and he goes, I can't remember the guy's name. is. say it's Jay or something. He calls him, hey, Jay, this is Brand over at Yosh. We need a sponsor for the for the for the ATV team guess what you're it call me back i'll get i'll send over the details because you're our sponsor now and, and hangs up the phone i'm like what the heck you know grant was just that guy he just he sure. knew everybody he knew everybody and he could make those phone calls and the guy calls him back and was like okay yeah what do you guys need you know i mean just, they, he had that relationship with people and that's how it was sure so brant calls me in his office and is like hey i got news for you and i'm like what's that he's like you're not racing quad cross next year we don't you know you can't be doing that because he, he goes, he goes, he goes, I, we talked to some people and, you know, I talked to Pat and a few people and you're, 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 you're the team manager now. I was like, what? <laughs> He's just like, yeah, like, yeah, you're the, you're the manager now. You just take over and, you know, you know, you know, everybody, you can make the phone calls and that escalated you, quickly. Yeah. I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 You know, I mean, it was never, it was never something that I like said, Hey, put me in down for that. Or I want to be it or asked. Sure. It was just, it was, it was, basically forced given to me you know okay but yeah. but i didn't have, but i didn't have a problem with it you know i was like hey just, I'll, I'll take it i'll do it you know and so so you know i kind of my 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 job duties and responsibilities and everything at yosh kind of shifted and i was the team manager for us for 08 09 and 2010 you know the rest rest time of the team i was the rest of the way yeah the rest of the way i was team manager you know so that was a that was a you know definitely a a change in change of pace and you know it was weird because you know Dustin kind of came up you know kind of at that time that first year Dustin rode and even the year before um, I started hanging out with Dustin and Pat Brown a lot you know the year a couple of years before that so Dustin and I were were pretty close on a personal level um, and uh, you know it was weird because. Doug, you know, Doug was the older guy, the older rider. And then all of a sudden here, all of a sudden, not that I'm his boss, but I'm running, kind of run the team, but Doug's, Doug's Doug and Doug's there. And all of a sudden I'm like, well, not that I got to tell Doug what to do, but it was kind of like, all right, well, I'm kind of in charge of this deal in a roundabout way. But uh-huh. I felt, I felt like I, I felt like I, like Doug, Doug did, Doug, Doug did Doug and Doug did his thing. And you, mm-hmm. you know, Doug and Doug's his Oh yeah. Own his own animal and Doug's going to do what Doug wants to do. So just kind of, kind of lead Doug down the path the best you can. You know, I talked to Wayne a little bit about it and Wayne's just like, yeah, just, 
you know, don't, don't, you know, Doug's going to be Doug no matter what you do. Just mm -hmm. let him do his thing. And that was what we did with Doug, you know? Yeah. I kind of had to be, you know, uh, obviously like legendary figure, but these are guys that you were racing against. Not that, not that much earlier yeah. in this whole thing. Right. And now you're, now you're yeah. the team manager for the team that they ride for. I can see how, yeah. uh, it would be, you know, a little, <laughs> take a little time to find your footing there. Yeah. You know, and, and like, and so like, you know, Kate, like Casey Greek, you know, Casey, I, so, so here's, here's a roundabout story about Casey Greek. Okay. Um, so Steve Owens that I worked for the water truck guy. Yeah. His, his son, Richie Owens. Um, so Steve raced quads. That's how I met Steve. Steve was a multi-time speedway champion in Costa Mesa. He raced, started racing the um, mid year. I think he raced, maybe raced some Mickeys a little bit. Then he also raced um, the pace races. Well, his, his boy, Richie kind of was coming up dirt bikes and stuff. And so Richie raced a couple quad races as well um, at some of the pace races. And he, I think he had like some sixth and some things. He was pretty decent at them. Okay. Well, anyways, okay. Richie is really good friends with Casey Greek. <laughs> okay so I, I see where this Rich, is going yeah so so richie ends up he's like i like all his friends made in front of him for riding quads and he raced dirt bikes too so he's kind of went down the dirt bike path instead and started racing supercross and things and and casey kind of became his mechanic and, and was wrenching for him at supercross and things so i knew casey from richie and we'd all hang out together and go you know go to dinner and all the stuff together so when we needed another mechanic at Yosh, I call Casey and I'm like, Casey, you need a job as a mechanic? He's like, on a quad? I'm like, I'm like, it's kind of the same thing. It's not too different. Like, I'm like, it's a factory deal. I go, you never know. It might work into it. You know, all of a sudden we're in the same building as the Suzuki guys. Let's, you never know. You might, you might get a job over there one day, you know? Mm -hmm. Ryan like, Cox. All right. Ryan Cox. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, so and he's like, all right. So that's how. That's how Casey, I, I'm the one that drug Casey out of the quad world. <laughs> now, now we can't get rid of him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Now, now, he, now he's now he's the quad guy, you know. Right. Yeah. yeah. But I'm the one that unfortunately let him down the quad path. Okay. So if he, he doesn't like where he's at, he can blame me, I guess. But, <laughs> oh, but that, that's, that's, how, that's how we got Casey into the ATV industry, sucking yeah. him in and now, now he's been there ever since. Right. That's funny how how there's so many connections there. Uh the time, the the team, I should say. Uh, the Suzuki team was wildly successful in, in your time there as team manager, you know, with Dustin winning a couple titles, Chad won some races before, before he moved on, uh, Digger won some races, Creamer did obviously both of those later on. Um, so tons of success. Uh, do you have like a favorite memory, uh, while you were the, the, the team manager there? Um, I mean, you know, that, that one that we talked about, you know, you know, I was a team manager, but being there that race, when everybody got on the podium that first yeah. time, okay, that was, that was really cool. That was a really cool, really cool moment for sure. Um, probably honestly, the, the thing that stands out the most, um, out of all the wins and all the stuff that the team did and championships and stuff probably the one that stands out the most is, is Wimmer the year he got hurt and came back and won again and won the championship. Yeah. Mr. Race, um, right. Mr. Race and came back. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, you know, Dustin, when he, when he had that surgery and stuff, he came and stayed with me. I took him to the hospital 
or to the surgeon, picked him up, everything, you know, his mom's calling me and is he okay? Is he okay? You know, and I'm talking to her. Yeah. You know, so Dustin and I were, were were pretty close then, you know, and him, him coming back from that, being hurt, missing a race, coming back and winning and then winning the championship. That was, you know, it was, it wasn't, I should say it wasn't like we didn't know if he was going to win again or anything, but him winning again and then winning the championship were like, it was like, that was the, you know, the feeling of, of being a racer and the feeling of being someone on a team and, and winning are different. But that, when he won that race, it was like, felt like everybody on the team succeeded. Like, you know, we succeeded as a, as a group, you know, kind of, and sure. he was, you know, he was a cog in that whole, in that whole, that, in that whole machine of that whole thing. And well, like you said, was, like you said, winning as a team uh, and winning as a rider are different things, but at the same yeah. time, like winning as a team has uh, like a different, a different, uh, you know, sensation, like a different fun sensation and vibe because of doing it together. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I mean, between the two, honestly, I, I, I felt more, you know, I mean, I won races and I was always happy to win races and it felt good to win races, but yep, I always felt like, like when the team won, like it was almost more of an accomplishment. I don't, I don't know why it just, it almost felt like it meant more when you won as, as, I mean, because we had so many people under, you know, not yeah. so many, but there's so many people that are involved in everything and you kind of are doing it for somebody else, not yourself. And it's kind of, I almost feels more rewarding doing it for somebody else or being a part of it. And something you can help somebody or you have something in a, a portion you put in to make something. Yeah. It's, yeah, I understand it's, that. It's, it's, it's really, it felt really rewarding at that time, you know, and you, you feel like you got a lot out of it. As yeah. A, as, yeah, I feel a little bit of that now. Like, uh, even as a rider, uh, my sponsors, when I was a pro, like I was not winning races, I wasn't on the podium, but I was, you know, near the top five at times, top 10 guy. And, but at the same, like my sponsors might've cared a little bit. The people that cheered for me might've cared a little bit, the people that paid attention. But other than that, I was like, nobody really cares. Like nobody cares what I'm doing. And now even with, with this stuff, like, I feel like the sports benefiting from what we're doing here. And I get like, like I get, I get better, you know, good feelings about this even more than I was a racer. You know what I mean? So I, I can see some of that. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's crazy to think, you know, you go from, from, you know, racing against these guys. Now you're managing these guys and, you know, you, we touched on Chad a little bit, you know, you raced Chad, obviously you managed Chad, uh, when he rode for Suzuki now a decade has passed and he's still the guy to beat. Um, do you have any thoughts on what Chad's done over the course of time here? Yeah. Also, you know, when, when kind of go back a little bit, um, you know, when, when Suzuki hired Chad, um, Chad, Chad definitely made a statement at the beginning of the year, but everybody, and it was, you know, it was like, like when Ryan and I, like when Ryan and I sat there and saw him that first race, like you knew there was something different. And when, when Suzuki hired him, it was, you had that feeling like everybody, everybody at the team had that feeling that Chad could win every weekend almost. And he could, and he was going to be a champion. Like everybody, like it, you just like, you knew it. Like sure. he, it was, sure. it was this weird deal. Like, like Dustin was winning, you know, but you, 
it had this feeling like Chad, Chad's going to be a winner. You know, you could just see it. You could feel it. He kind of just had that. But the problem, the problem at the time Chad had was, I mean, I love Chad, but the problem he had at the time was his mentality was he kind of like knew that, but he would just go out and ride the bike as hard as he could. To, it was like, he was proving a point to say yeah. I'm the best, Yeah, you know, instead of, instead of like, and he would just burn clutches up and just, you know, do, do things. And it was like, it was the whole time. It was like, Chad, slow down, save the bike. You can, your bet is like, you can win. You can be a champion. You know, it's like, yeah, just, you know, calm the fuck down. You know, it was well, isn't, it, isn't it funny how he's the opposite now, you know, total yeah, opposite. And that's, and that's what I was getting at. It's like, it's like everybody in that tent that worked in that team, knew that i mean theo ryan kevin i mean everybody i mean pat rod i mean there was everybody had that feeling it's just it was trying to control him to get him to understand that you know (laughs) and the and the sad the sad part i mean the sad part is i you think i mean chad's turned it around chad's awesome he does that now but the sad part is like if if he could have done that back then Mm-hmm. how many championships he probably could have now because you know he was killing the, basically killing the bike at suzuki he goes to cowie kills the bike there he goes to can-am kills the bike there and i think finally when you know maybe maybe it was when he started his own program in the yamaha he kind of like realized like maybe it's because his own program now it's like mm-hmm. i need to take care of this thing i need to make it last you know i mean kind of right. all you know, I think the Yamaha had something to do with it, but it also, I think it all kind of clicked because it was maybe his own program, mm-hmm. but you can definitely see a change from, you know, maybe, or maybe it was, you know, I don't know if it's him leading the points or getting hurt that Can-Am year, but there was a change from that Can-Am year to the Yamaha year for sure. And mm-hmm. how he, how he operated and did it and looked at everything and did everything. He, he had like a, almost like another light switch turn on, yeah. that was a different person from that from 2010 or 11 um to that year that he won first year he won the championship and he's been different ever since then i think when he learned it and saw it then it was like oh yeah this is it and that's the road he's been on ever since then yeah no i think you're totally right you know he comes out and redefines himself for 2007 and then you know seven eight nine 10, 11, he kind of learns every step of the way. He was always able to win even on the different bikes. Um, but he was riding everything into the ground and finally figured it out. And now we've seen what it's become. Uh, so it's, I mean, it's cool to hear your perspective on that. Bikes, Trikes and Quads LLC has been supplying riders with aftermarket components from the industry's top brands for over a decade. With over 80,000 products in stock for your ATVs, UTVs, metric and HD motorcycles, dirt bikes and snowmobiles, Bikes, Trikes and Quads LLC can tend to all your power sports needs from hard parts to riding gear. Bikes, Trikes and Quads also offers hard to find used parts for your vintage dirt bike, ATV, three-wheeler or snowmobile. Use discount code ATVMX at www.btqllc.com for 10% off of orders of $100 or more. We're grateful to have Bikes, Trikes, and Quads LLC digging deep with us. Thank you, BTQ LLC. We are proud to be partnered with Gripped Gloves. Gripped is an ATV rider-owned and operated brand with a rider in mind and the goal of keeping costs affordable. The Michigan-based family operation recognizes riders' desire to showcase their identity. 
Owner David Payne's love for eccentric colorways and crazy patterns shows in his product something not often found in the work of big manufacturers. Here to push stereotypes and limitations, Grip's drive is to produce a glove with cool colors and designs that won't break the bank. With comfort and quality as key motivators, the family affair is constantly working on the next more innovative and improved glove. Get a grip on life, join the Gripped movement, because no one wants a bland glove. Check them out today at grippedgloves.com, that's G-R-I-P-T gloves.com, and use discount code DIGGINGDEEP10 to save at checkout. Just like the sport of ATV motocross as a whole, our Digging Deep community is brought together by the love for racing that we all share. Our sport is compiled of many great people, and leaving that charge is the Launderville family at Launderville Steel Enterprises and Concrete Supply. This racing-owned family business is a steel and concrete supplier serving the entire United States. Launderville Steel is a full-service steel supplier of new and surplus steel, aluminum, and stainless steel products headlined by the 4130 chromoly tubing and plate used in the building of chassis for ATVs and UTVs, off-road truck racing, late model dirt and pro tractor pulling series, drag racing, and more. Launderville Steel loves their racing just as much as we do, but don't forget about their concrete division as well. With over 25 years of experience, the concrete division can supply everything you need to complete your next business or personal project. Their central Midwest location enables LSE to easily serve customers across the United States. For a quote, additional info, answers to more of your questions, or to talk a little racing, head over to LaundervilleSteel.com or give them a call today. We are proud to be partnered with yet another racer-owned company. Thank you, Launderville Steel Enterprises and Concrete Supply. Thanks for listening, and remember to support our partners. Now back to the show. So as we get yeah. closer to, to current day racing and try to tie this thing up, um, one yeah. of the coolest things you've done uh, to date, really, was show up at Daytona on that Walsh Quadzilla 500 hybrid. Um, yeah. So tell me about that experience and, and how that came together, because that was so badass. Um, geez, I don't remember how that, I can't remember how the thing got started. I think Mike and I were BSing. God, it had to be so. Pell City, Alabama. Was that Pell? Not Pell City. No. Um, what's the race in Georgia? There was a Georgia National, probably 2010, 11. Um, Aonia Pass. Pass. Okay. Yeah, 2011, I think. Okay. I was I was BSing with Mike. I went to that race. And I was BSing with Mike and. I don't remember how we got started on it. We were just talking about all oh, the good old days and the two strokes and this and that. And God, like somehow we just started talking about too bad the two strokes weren't around anymore. And like, oh, well, they're, they're so much slower than the bikes now. <coughs> yeah, you need, you know, we got, somehow we got like, oh, we need a 500. And we could just kind of BSing about it. And I don't remember how it got started. All of a sudden, Mike sent me a picture because I'm, bu- I'm building the 500. And I'm like, what? And so him and I were kind of texting back and forth a little bit about that 500. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to build this 500. Da, da, da. So anyways, he's building this thing and he's like, do you want to ride it? We're gonna, he's like, I'm going to do a mega, do a shootout and you want to ride the thing? And I'm like, and, I, and Daytona, I think that was the second year of Daytona, maybe. I think so because I I yeah, yep, yep, yeah, yep. And I, and I was like, oh man, I, you know, and he's right there by Daytona. And I was like, well, shoot, you know, just kind of, it's kind of worked out that, you know, he built that bike, he built, and he built a CRF 450 to kind of do it. They were the same bikes, just different motors. So like a new hybrid and an old, and a, you know, an old two stroke, basically just, yeah. so the motors are only different. Like 
if you had a if you had a big board, you know, big board two stroke and a and a four fifty, which one's better kind of deal. So we'd worked out a magazine deal with it and and it was and it was basically like, yeah, well let's ride the things at Daytona, you know, and I and so we did a shootout and Kramer rode that, you know, at the shootout and I rode the other bike and Okay. It was a great it was a great bike. I, I wish it was you know, I'm trying to I've been trying to build one ever since. It's halfway done. Okay. Out of a stock out of a stock frame. But the most fun I've ever had riding a bike. It had so much power. It it was it was like right it kind of reminded me of Olsen getting on that that 400 back in the day and like, oh, sure. oh my god, this thing's so so torquey, so this so that, you know, I mean it was I wish I could have rode a little more and changed a few things for me on it to make the setup a little bit better. Mm-hmm. But it was like, man, that that track was so small; it didn't have enough room for it to even get going. I felt like exactly, yeah, know? yeah. And so, don't they kind of have a uh, like a four stroke feel almost, just because they're yeah. so torquey? Yeah, yeah. It's like a four stroke feel, but the power on it is so long compared <laughs> to, uh, I think maybe the tra- the gearing and the transmission or something. But the power on it is like Daytona. I think I was like second, third gear. Like, oh, I believe and, you know, that. And, that and, and that was on the long straightaway that they had that year. Mm-hmm. And I remember like putting it in third and going and just blowing by people on four on hybrids. I was like, geez, <laughs> like it was like a rocket ship. I mean, it was like all the power you could ever ask for, you know? Yeah. It's almost everything you'd ever want in the power on a bike. It had a low end grunt. It pulled forever, you know, and it's like, it's a two stroke. It's mm-hmm. has that two stroke mm-hmm. feel smell, you know, just the whole, the whole deal. It's, Oh yeah. I mean, it, I, I want to get mine done. It's running. I got a couple other things I got to get. Like I got to build a gas tank and a few things. And I'm just like, I want to get done. I want to ride it. Just it's and that by far was probably one of the best bikes I've ever ridden. That like put a smile on my face. I'm like, this is awesome. Sure. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Because I was gonna ask like, uh, or I was gonna say, um, I would like to see it on yeah, like an outdoor track with some big straightaways and a little more spread yeah. out because I think it would be gnarly. Like, can you imagine that at like at Unadilla or High Point or you know uh, Glen Helen, something out there like with some big straightaways? It's like you're gonna have a cheat code. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. It's it, it, that's kind of what it feels like. I mean, I the the only bad the sad part is you know it's an old 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 now two stroke mm-hmm. and it's trying to get parts for the thing like i got lucky and gosh, i don't know just say lucky i've i got a i got a rolling uh rolling ltr chassis for a guy for basically zero okay and i found a and i found a quadzilla that was a guy said he was taking apart to powder coat the frame and had it all in pieces pretty much for like 800 bucks oh my you know, god so, so, I mean, I, I'm like into this thing pretty much nothing, but then I go tear the part of the motor and there's no flywheel and it's missing this. And oh, like, it's oh. still, I mean, I, we, uh, Alan Knowles rebuilt the SCT rebuilt the motor for me and it, it runs, he ran it on the dyno and the chassis. Okay. But I mean, the part, the coming by the parts now are getting hard to be. So it's like, I want to ride it, but I also don't want to break it. Cause I might not, might not be able to fix it or get it put back together. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah. I don't blame you. Yeah. As much as it's a conversation or a nice trophy piece, uh, you know, you, you want to ride it too at the same time. Um, so I thought that was cool because I love when guys like continue to love the sport as much as 
um, as much as you do. Like when you fully step away, like there's no way to fully, fully step away. I love that. Um, and that's obviously squarely where you fit in. So, uh, you know, it's cool to like, even now, like you're racing work series races, um, you know, here in 2021, like, I think that that's awesome that you can't help, but get away from it, you know? Yeah. I, I've, I never have like fully not had a quad or stepped away, but I mean, like I might've go, go a year here, a year there and not ride kind of a yeah. little bit, but yeah. Yeah. This year I've, I actually never raced a works race, believe it or not until this year. Okay. And, and the only reason that came about was Johnny Gallagher was out here and Jared McClure and Kate Osborne, we we're sitting around drinking a couple beers, talking, okay. and okay, and I was trying to talk Johnny into racing. Jared was found a bike to borrow at works, have a suit the first round, and Johnny had a bike out here, and I was trying to talk Johnny into racing it, and Johnny's like, Johnny's like, well, I'll race if you race, and I'm like, I'm not gonna go out. And, I'm like, I haven't ridden like eight months or a year or something. I'm like, I'm not gonna go out and ride a ride pro-am or pro to works race and run an hour and a half i'll die <laughs> right. he's like well he's like well right right plus 48 and i'm like all right well i'll do that i mean that's like 50 minutes i can probably hang on for that long right you know on a on a basically a grand prix course i'm like oh i think i can hold on mm -hmm. so and i'm like all right i'll do it and he's like what <laughs> so it kind of kind of did it as kind of a bet or kind of make him race mm -hmm. more than anything and i went out and raced the first race and obviously everybody's like oh i have a is horrible it's all sand whoops and it's miserable miserable and i went out and raced and it, it was miserable but my class ran in the morning when it was still kind of smooth and so it wasn't too bad and i i had fun i died i was like <laughs> I, I i it could have been two or three laps shorter and i would have been happy <laughs> but i i i hung i hung on and finished and i was like i actually kind of had fun so i had to miss the next one i think because i had some work stuff and then i raced habits again and Actually, I, I was going to try to go ride, um, uh, was it Twin Palms? Okay. Across National? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, three Palms, yeah. Three Palms. I was going to go try to ride Three Palms this year, actually. I, was, I knew somebody was going, or I was talking about maybe even driving, because it's kind of a closer one. And okay. I was all fired about the works race. I was like, I might just go out and just try to show up and ride I called Harv and I'm like, Hey, can I run plus 40? He's like, yeah, you're not a past champion. You should be able to run plus 40. I'm like, sweet. So I was like, I'm going to show up and ride. And it was, and I went to the third round of works and I fell off and bruised my hip pretty good. Oh, shoot. And it was like two, it was like a week or two before that race. So I'm like, yeah, probably shouldn't go there. Uh, <laughs> but it's huge, huge, huge hematoma on my hip. Yeah. Yeah. That would have so been bad. Like, yeah. But yeah. Yeah. I, I still like, I love living on the West coast, but if I would, if I lived on the East coast, I probably, I would have raced nationals way longer and probably would still be, probably still be racing, racing at the nationals in some form or another. I think. Yeah. I just, I, I can't, I, I can't get away from it. Everybody's like, why are you still riding? Or you can't believe you're still riding. I'm like, I have fun. Like it's, I, I, we have a short course series I got right. It's kind of like a TT race, and they're going to fire up quad cross again next year at Glen Helen. And oh, so, awesome! Yeah, that's great. Uh, so hopefully we'll get some guys out motoring again. And Davy Davy Hogsman's kind of come out of retirement a little bit, and so he, he might did. Out and ride, so. Yep, he did. Yeah, yeah. So we might get some people out there and ride ride some more. Or yeah, that, some, 
Actually, be, motor race, motor race is going on. Yeah, that'd be great. We need to get you to, uh, even if it's Texas or whatever, we need to get you to an uh, ATV national too. That would be so yeah. cool. I keep harassing Davey. I'm like, if you go to a couple races next year, I can throw my bike in and I'll, I'll go. <laughs> like, I love that. I, yeah, I, I was, I, he was trying to get me because they went to, they went to Loretta's. They went to Loretta's. Yep. Yeah. I was trying to, I, I, was going to ask them to go and then i actually had some work stuff that i i couldn't go so i okay but yeah i'm always looking for someone going to national from down here that i could throw a bike in and show up and ride yeah i, I miss i miss going you know um mm -hmm. when the team stuff ended in 2010 that last year um when we we know when I, we signed kramer and went um i didn't i didn't go at all that year which was that was that was hard um you know, I was a team team manager in 2010. I didn't go to one race that they cut the budget so much for the team that last year that it was, you know, we were watching every single dollar. We weren't getting any parts. It was super hard. And then when Creamer, you know, went out there and won all those races and won championship, it was killing me inside not to go to the races just because of, of budget reasons more than anything. You know, I I'm wanted sure. to be there and yeah, support him and everything, you know, because that was, you know, it you know there there was a couple tough things with the team throughout the years um you know everybody's like oh yeah you know everything's it's cool to be a team manager or whatever but it's tough it's also tough you know like the thing with chad you know have basically having to let chad go that was that was super hard um that was really hard you know i, I felt bad for him like on, on a personal level, you know, with the way the things, things, the things ended um, just because of the way the contracts were with Doug and Doug and Dustin and the budget um, basically, you know, Dustin forfeited his Red Bull deal to be a rock star guy. And he won the championship and the clauses and contract Doug, Doug was automatically signed and the budget they couldn't have. So basically yeah. it left, it left, you know, with the way the contracts went and everything basically left, left chat out in the dark, you know, and that, that I felt for him bad. Cause you know, like I said, everybody knew Chad could win. Everybody knew Chad could be a champion. Um, you know, and him, you know, that last WPS race in, was it? Oh, seven. Yep. Or whatever that was, you know, when he, you know, helped us to win the championship basically. Oh, seven. You know, that, you know, chat, chat, you know, yeah, I mean, Chad, I felt bad for Chad for that deal. That that really took that took a toll on the team. You know, um, a lot of the or a few of the the crew guys were upset. You know, and left kind of because of that. I feel, you know, so that, that was a hard year for that. Um, and then you know, and then in, and then in end of '09, you know, Doug Doug leaving, and basically that was you know, I respect Doug a lot. Doug just you know said I'm, you know, if I if Doug said I'm not out there risking my life for but I feel I'm not worth, you know, and yep, I, I, I totally get that, but budgets are budgets and it, it sucked having to make that, make that, you know, happen, but you know, they, they needed two people and they only got so much money to spend and, you know, you already got one guy tied in and, and if, if Doug didn't want to do it for what he felt that he needed, that's, that's his deal, but it sucked to see him go. no, there was nobody at Suzuki that was happy about that. You know, everybody was pretty bummed about that. Yeah, you of know, course. Doug, 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 Doug being the legend he is and 
being such a big part of that team for so long, that was, that was really hard, but you know, you, you gotta, as a, as a team and as a business, you got to move on and figure out a way. And that was, you know, part of, part of, part of the deal with creamer, you know, I mean, creamer, creamer was left out without a ride and not that he did, he still made good money, but he made good money because he went out and kicked butt. You know? Exactly. I mean, that's, yeah. yeah. I mean, there was, there was a reward there, but you had to go out and fight for it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, did. there was a number of things there that, that happened with Suzuki as it's slowly, you know, you could see it slowly coming to an end, right. You know, with, um, you know, you obviously hated to see Chad get away, but it just, it, it was the way it had to be. And then with Doug, like, just like you said, you know, he said to us, he wasn't going to do it basically for free. Like creamer was yeah. going to, and creamer made all his money and win and uh, win bonuses and yeah. incentives and stuff like that. So, I mean, and he just wanted the opportunity to ride the Suzuki, um, you know, yeah. because of the success that you guys had had. So that all made, you know, a ton of sense and it just, uh, it's just the way that it went. Um, but man, those yeah. Suzuki years are so, are so crazy. So, uh, iconic, so, uh, legendary really. And, uh, yeah, I, I was glad that we could touch on all that. Um, you know, because you were a big part of that. You were a big part, like, like we talked about for the last, however long here, um, you know, like literally every part of the sport, every era, every rider, every, everything, like you've been a part of that. So, uh, as we near the, the completion of this thing, uh, like I said, we've covered a ton. Um, but I have a few, you know, parting questions here, um, uh, right. like rapid fire, just to kind of tie this thing up. Um, so yeah. is it safe to say that the Liger YZ hybrid, was your favorite quad or maybe, maybe even, uh, maybe even the, the quadzilla 500 hybrid thing would have been your favorite quad that you rode, but, um, wanted to get your opinion. Cause you rode just about everything on uh, some badass quads in your day. Um, wanted to ask which one was your favorite. What would you call your favorite quad you ever got to ride? That's, that's a tough one. Cause you know, everything was so different. I mean, there's bikes I wish I kept, you know, I wish I kept a 250R with like a 330 power valve. I wish I had one of those. Yeah. Um, that, that Lager, that Lager YFZ quad, I still have that. That's actually one I did keep. Oh, you sick. Know, I still, okay. I, I still, I still have that thing. I do have a, I kept one of the bikes from 06 that went, um, a brand new race bike, never got ridden, went to all the Yamaha, uh, Yamaha events around the country. Okay. So we built a bike, went to a bunch of events, never got ridden. I still have that. Um, you know, Suzuki's were great. I mean, it's, you know, the new, the, I got a new Yamaha and it's, it's awesome. You know, mm -hmm. yep. it's, it's, it's hard to narrow it down. I don't, I don't think you can. Okay. You know, you, you can't, you, you can say, I like this bike because of this, but they're all, it's a quad, but they're so different. They're, they're all, different in their own way. Yeah. They're, they're all different in their own way. But I mean, if I was going to pick one to go ride every day, I, I would ride. A, I'd ride my new my new YFZR. YFZ, yeah. It's 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 has so much technology in it. It works so good. It's mm -hmm. there's so many positives mm -hmm. to it. It's it's better than the old stuff for sure. But it's it's different. It's it's just a totally different animal than everything else. You know. Yeah, that thing is that thing is next level. Um, yeah, I mean, I was going to ask you. Uh, I guess I, I earlier I didn't have a good opportunity to kind of touch on it, but I was going to ask you because obviously, like you know, I'm switching my pro program over. Um, you know, I think you even might have commented or shot me a message on something that I posted about that. But I was going to ask you because I know you love yours. Like, if you had any words of advice as I, uh, you know, kind of find my footing in this thing, the Yamaha is incredible, obviously, but at the same time, like this is all new to me. Yeah. It's, you know, 
I'm, I am, <clears throat> I've been writing quads and working on stuff so much, not so much, but so long. Yeah. I'm super lazy. I'm like, like I'm lazy. Like if you looked at my bike, you'd be like, you're like, you'd be like, seriously? <laughs> not, not that I don't maintain it, but like I pull up the starting line, I got my bike and then I flip my, I flip my parking brake over. You're like, you have a parking brake on that thing? I'm like, I'm like, I don't, I'm like, I just don't want to pull it off. I'm, I'm lazy. I don't want to take the two bolts out and pull it and forget the cable through, you know, and, and it works. I pull over and inside sure. the starting line park on a hill. I flip it on. It doesn't roll away. You know, <laughs> Hey, that's a testament I mean, to how good it is from out of the box. You know, you know, so, I mean, I, I still got a stock steering stem in my bike. I mean, okay. Um, I, I've been, I try to think first year I got, I got, a, I got one, I got one in uh 13. Was the okay. first year I I got, I got one. Okay. Um. So I basically built one in thirteen. I put a Hauser Hauser front end on it, some PEP shocks. Um. You know, like some bars, Nerf bars, and stuff. And mm-hmm. pretty much, I, I've got I've had three or four since then. And I just pull the parts off and put them on the next bike and put them put it back to stock and get rid of the old, get rid of the old one. You know. Yeah. Why not? Um, but but I mean I don't have a bunch of stuff done to it. I got like I said I got a house. I threw a Hauser front end on there that I've had since thirteen now. Um, okay. Some some PEP shocks and uh, you know like a precision steering dampener and you know handlebars and Jaime over at PEP you know been been really really instrumental the last few years with me. Just kind of probably wasn't for him. I probably wouldn't go as much as I do, but he takes care of me and my motor stuff and tuning and bike runs awesome and. That's great. You know, he, he's like, he's like, what do you want done to it? I'm like, whatever you do, I want, I want as fast as I can, most power I can, but I want to run pump gas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's like, what? He's like, what? And I'm like, I don't want to spend a bunch of money. I almost, I want to go out and ride it for an hour or two and not spend a couple hundred bucks. No, I, I don't blame you. Or something. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think it runs really good on pump gas, um, but it's just a top, a top end basically from above the piston or head, head up, I guess, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but you know, got an HMF pipe on it and stuff. But it's just, it's kind of just some bolt-on parts, something awesome. mellow, and it, it it cranks and, I mean, goes out and I pull hole shots on it still. And even with me weighing two forty on it, I, you know, it still runs. Good. It runs good enough for me. Yeah, you know, that that's awesome. Enjoy it. That's awesome. Like you said, I think that the PP performance tuning stuff is key for sure. Um, yeah, so that's awesome. I'm I'm so excited to keep continue to dive into my uh whole uh YFZ 450R experience here. Uh a couple more rapid questions, uh rapid fire questions for you. So yeah. uh if I were to ask you which rider you seem to battle with the most over the course of your career, who stands out if I ask you that question? That's tough, you know, because it's you know, the nineties, it was everybody. It wasn't like it was one person. I mean, it was, there were so many good guys. You could battle with the guy that's winning the championship. You could battle with the guy that's in 10th place. Yeah. You know, yeah. I felt like I never got really stuck battling with the same person. Okay. Ever. It's, it's just, it was, there was so many people is, it, it, I don't think, I don't, I don't know if you can, I don't know if I can answer that. Couldn't, I mean, couldn't pinpoint people it. Yeah. Want to <laughs> right. I mean, yeah, of course. There's people who want to be there, but I mean, as far as someone that was always that thorn in your side, it's, it was everybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it was, that, 
that was just the era, you know, that was just the era. Right. So yeah, I wanted to ask because, uh, you know, sometimes it just seems like you find certain people on the racetrack, no matter where you start or whatever, you just end up finding each other. But, uh, yeah, you're probably, you're right. I mean, in your era, there was, there was, uh, way too many guys to choose from, um, and battle with. So if you could go back in time to any race over the course of your career and relive it, which one would it be? Um, you know, the the Mickey win was pretty cool for sure. That first one, you know, because that was that was that first one in front of all the people. Yeah, you know, and and not really not really ever expecting like I was there to qualify. I felt like or you know <laughs> do the best I could. I wasn't there to. I didn't feel like I was there to win. You know, yeah. I didn't feel like I was that guy. So that was that was really cool, you know. But probably you know the the Glen Helen win was really big. I mean, just. You know, like I said, I don't, I don't think I, I didn't win a ton, but everyone was really, really special in its own way. Of you know, course. There was never, yeah. you know, it's, I, I didn't, I didn't win enough to like Chad or Joel that it's like, you know, oh yeah, I got 60 wins and which one, ah, oh, I got me thinking about that. You know, when you have, <laughs> when you have half a dozen or a dozen or whatever, you know, in the pro class, it's, they're all pretty special, you know, when you don't click off a ton of them. Yeah. Well, I think that, uh, I think that like I've been saying, I think your consistency and like the way that you were so instrumental for the sport in a million different ways. Um, I, I think that winning isn't the, isn't the only thing that matters when it comes to your career. Um, but yeah, I mean, you had, you had a number of memorable, memorable races for sure. Memorable wins. Uh, Corey, last one for you, as we wrap this thing up, uh, awesome conversation. Yeah. Uh, we'd like to end, um, by asking this of any legend that joins the show with us here at digging deep, how you want to be remembered as a racer. Uh, and as I stated at the beginning of the first episode, uh, you're a legend, you're a pioneer, a huge part of the sports history. So how do you want to be remembered and what legacy do you hope to leave behind? Uh, that's, that's, that's tough. Um, you know, I, I just, you know, there's so like, like we said, there's so many different parts that are intertwined with everything. It's, you know, I mean, no matter if it was, you know, Yamaha's or Cannondale's, I kind of, I kind of feel like I never, never got, there's not like, I'm like, that that guy that did that has kind of surrounded and touched everything a little bit here, a little bit there. Yeah. Everywhere. So it's, it's tough, you know, I mean, just, I guess just, I've, I've always, it's always been my life, you know, whether it's some form of it, you know, just ATV stuff's always been my life, you know, ATV motocross and everything. It's just been part of my life. And, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I really don't know how to answer that. You know what what, what I want to remember for, you know? Right. No, I I totally understand, especially because you're so humble. Uh, That's why I was kind of curious to ask you because um, I knew it might be a difficult question as a, as a fan and, you know, somebody that watched your, basically your entire career uh, or for the most part. um, I think that like from our perspective, uh, we're thankful for you and all that you did from each and every step, you know, and then to sit here and recount that and hear those stories about, you know, from the, the LT 250 R to the 250 R to the, you know, Canon, the, the hybrid quads to the early days of the production quads to the new Yamaha and all that stuff, all the way up till now and Suzuki and everything else. Like it is, it is unreal to, uh, to hear like how you touched so many different eras and so many 
aspects of legendary parts of this uh, sport. It's just amazing. So like I said, you couldn't tell the history of this sport without you. And for that, I think we're grateful. And then to hear all of it with you, to, to have all this time spent with you and have you be so gracious with it. Um, man, this has been, this has been an awesome, awesome experience for us too. Well, sorry to drag on so long. <laughs> no, not at all, man. Not at all. Not at all. Uh, this has been so much fun. Um, but Corey on that note, like, I, like, I think that we could wrap it up. I, I feel like we broke just about everything down as much as we could. And I hope you had some fun because I've enjoyed every moment of this thing. And it's truly been an honor to spend this time with you. Like, um, like I said, somebody that I, I looked up to like a God when I was younger, but I still look at you like, you know, Corey Ellis, you know, the, the guy that's winning races or whatever in the early two thousands. And, and uh, yeah, man, like, like I said, I, I'm just trying to say that this was special and I can't, uh, can't thank you enough for spending all this time with us. I appreciate it so much. Oh yeah. Well, I, I appreciate you having me on. I'm, hopefully uh, I might make it to a national or two in this next year. <laughs> that would be, and ride. That'd be, cool. that, that would be yeah. killer. Yeah. If you make it to one of these races, obviously we'll get you back on to talk about it. And yeah, like I would love to get you back on sometime just in general, you know, um, yeah. you ever want anything you want to cover? Uh, GBC stuff, whatever it is. Um, you have an op open invitation here anytime. Uh, you're always going to be welcome at digging deep. And, and again, like, I can't thank you enough for this. This has been so awesome. You can just uh, get me on so I can harass Casey. I'll be happy with that. <laughs> that, that sounds perfect to me. <laughs> he, he calls me every once in a while from the races and it's about 12 o'clock my time. So he, he's oh, enjoying geez. himself. No, I'm sure. Once in a while. Yeah, I can, I can imagine me. I can imagine that. Well, Corey, thanks so much for being such yeah. an awesome guest. We need to thank Yamaha and their industry leading YFZ450R. Visit YamahaOutdoors.com, YamahaBlueCrew.com, or Yamaha Outdoors on social media today for more info on Yamaha's full off-road lineup. And on that note, we'll wrap this thing up. And uh, Corey, thanks again uh, for doing this. You're the man. We appreciate you being so gracious with your time. And uh, let me uh, wish you and your family all the best. Um, but until next time, we're going to have to get you to one of these nationals. We'll get you back on the show. And until then, wishing you all the best. All right. Thanks for having me on. You're the man. Thanks so much. That's Corey Ellis right here on the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast brought to you by Yamaha. Thanks so much, Corey. Thanks again. Man, it's going to be hard to top this one. Talk about an epic conversation with such a well-spoken, knowledgeable, and connected guest. That was awesome. Looking forward to more with him in the future. Major thanks to tonight's featured guest, Mr. Corey Ellis. Awesome dude. Thanks to producer Dallas Jansen, my brother, for all his hard work. Thanks to Brooke and AMA official Harv Whipple. Thanks to all of our past donors. Remember, you can find those donation links on our website. We appreciate those of you who have so graciously donated. Thanks to our partners, CST Tires, shop.csttires.com, Yamaha, thanks to Blue Crew, Valvoline, SSI decals, DID Racing Chain, Namira Technologies, Bronco ATV and UTV components, Impact Solutions, Lunderville Steel Enterprises and Concrete Supply, Forworks Carbon, DP Brakes, Gripped Gloves, Factory 43, Bike Strikes and Quads LLC, and Manscaped. Get 20% off and free shipping with code DIGGINGDEEP20 at manscaped.com. Support all the brands that support our show and don't forget to use those codes to save. Find it all on our website and be sure to click that Rocky Mountain ATVMC banner for all your gear and parts needs and to help us out.
And most of all, thanks to you guys for listening. Our show merchandise, including Digging Deep shirts and hoodies, our Quad Guys Get Hot Chicks shirts and hoodies, back-to-back national champ merch, and more are all available today at shop.diggingdeepatvmx.com. As I mentioned, if you're looking for another easy way to help support us, visit our website and click the Patreon or Buy Me a Coffee buttons. This allows you to set up a one-time or monthly contribution to support our efforts. Keep sending your questions, stories, and topics in to be featured on an upcoming episode. Don't hesitate to call into our voicemail line with them so we can play them on the show. That number is 920-569-3519. Follow the show on social media, Digging Deep ATVMX Podcast, and myself, Cody Jansen, for additional content, coverage, and more fun stuff throughout the off-season. As for the podcast, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and more, wherever you find podcasts, you'll find the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast. All episodes, additional podcast providers, sponsor links, and discount codes, our show merchandise, fantasy info, and more can all be found on our website, diggingdeepatvmx.com, so check that out today. Be a friend, tell a friend, please download, subscribe, rate, review, and share. And with that, for Corey Ellis, Brooke Catherine, Dallas Jansen, and I'm your host, Cody Jansen, thanks for listening to the number one podcast in ATV racing, 3 million downloads and counting. Until next time, thanks for joining us and digging deep with the stars of ATV Motocross. See you next time. Things are crashing and burning here at the Digging Deep Podcast, much like the Titanic. Those guys were hauling ass, for real. I remember watching Doug Gus, I don't know who it was, Steel City, running the same times Friday afternoon as James Stewart was on Sunday back then. It was mental. I've never seen quads go that fast. Quad leaders are freaking gnarly.